I'll try to mute inappropriate. I'm over at a friend's house and it's a little bit uh, louder than normal, but uh, we got a drawing at the top of the show that Haven has a conflict of interest on, so somebody's got to run the stupid thing. Yeah, I guess that's you, huh? Oh, right. Did you come up with an agenda, Haven? I did. Yeah, I sent it over. Did you not see that? I can I can handle it, too. So I uh, I was at Bandera Brewing whenever you were messaging me earlier, and I barely got over to a friend's house with a laptop to just sit down. So I haven't done squat. Gotcha. No, you're good. I can I can run through everything if we need to. Um, <clears throat> but I recorded two podcasts today, so that's something. Hey, look at that. See, you did some work today. We'll give you we'll give you a break tonight. All right, let's get is that that's Mr. Scotty May. How you doing, Scott? Doing good. How are you doing? How's everything? Doing all right. Getting my uh, my HH Hinder beers prepped tomorrow. I'll be brewing one of them, so I'm looking forward to it. Are you in this year? Yes, I got two this year, and I'll be brewing them this week. Hopefully, keep your fingers crossed. There we go. We got that's gonna be a good one this year. I think I don't know if anyone else on here is coming i don't think so well, a friend but of mine is logged in and he's this is his first competition so he's extremely scared <laughs> it's uh it it's intimidating until you get there and then start drinking and then it just turns into a drunk fest so no it'll be totally good um i'm really looking forward to that yep the last two years were a great show Oh, you bet. Yeah. And this year I, I expect no different. I think it's going to be a blast. Well, let us get in here as I try to load the chat here. Um, so I guess you're going to listen to me talk a lot tonight. So sorry, guys. Um, this, thanks for joining our it's not February. Too, too rattly. I do some intro stuff, Haven, but it may be a little rattly here. I'm a little rattly. No, I'm just saying here where I'm at, it may be a little loud and rattly. It's it's kind of echoey. So if it's not too bad, I can do some intro oh. stuff. But no, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. I'd go for it. Okay, cool. Well, it's uh February of 2024. Um Sapwood Sellers was here last month, which is pretty stupid awesome. So love having them here. Um I guess uh Haven, if you want to talk about Master Luck real quick, as I said, I would kick things off. Yeah, Masher Luck, uh, that was our collaboration with James over at Basic Brewing Radio, James and Steve both, actually. Um, kind of a random idea that popped up in the Discord that turned into a really cool collaboration with them. Uh, the winners have been chosen. Uh, I know Aaron's on that list. Uh, Will Allworth's on that list. I think Havo's here. He's on that list. So we have a couple here tonight that are going to be sending beers to uh, James and oh, Will's drinking his. Oh, Dry January is done. That's right. Um so that's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be cool. I mean, it's similar probably to the Brewlosophy podcast episodes we do, but uh, uh, fun nonetheless to hear. I mean, I know Will Lovell, you've talked about it, myself as well. Uh, those guys have been kind of my original go-to uh, brewing podcast people for a long, long time. So really, really cool to talk with them and work with them on this. Um, going through the list here. Average Brews uh, Kentucky comment guideline is out if you haven't seen that. Uh, so get out there, brew your beer. Uh, I did get yeast in the mail yesterday, so I would assume you'll start seeing that probably mid to late next week, uh, depending on where you're located. Uh, so certainly let me know when you get that just to make sure it gets there. 
good in good shape. And if it doesn't, well, that sucks because I don't have any more. So, um, but I haven't had a problem since. So going through it quick, um, the competition circuit, we have the brew club competition circuit. We'll be talking a little bit more about that during my chat tonight. Um, but we did have a scheduling update. If you did not see that we dropped the peach state, um, brew off. They changed out their scheduling. They, they moved, um, a little bit into April, May, uh, kind of butting up close to our second block of competition. So we did decide to drop that and we moved it to between the bluffs. So we're, we're doing that. Uh, that's in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, I promise that was of no volition of my own. Um, it was just the collusion Haven collusion. Okay. Yeah. Collusion. collusion. And, and I am, I did sign up, so I'm going to go judge that one too. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll get to taste some of your guys' beers. Double collusion. So rigged. I, I will not be judging my own table. So I, I do have that on the, on the docket. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we do have a prize structure update. So I know we talked about doing prizes for one through five. Um, Trevor has found so many cool people out there in the brewing world uh, that we're going to expand that to first through 10th place. So it's not going to be, of course, going down the list to like 10th place. It's probably not going to be huge prizes. But um, first overall, we do have that eight gallon firm tank that's going to be going um, going to the first place winner. Uh, to go with that, you're going to get, get a brand new Tilt Pro Mini, which is super cool as well. Um, so we had Tilt reach out and donate one of those for us. Second place is going to end up with a Spundit, a Floatit, and a Picnic Tap 2.0. Um, so kind of a Trong donated a, a whole group of things for us to, to give away for second place. And for third, we're going to have the Floatit and the Picnic Tap, both the original versions on those. Um, going down the list, we'll have more stuff. We have um, stuff with unknown entity coffee in the works uh we have five star chemicals send us a bunch of pbw to send out to you guys Lollaman yeast is sending a bunch of stuff for us we're gonna have brew club swag we're gonna have all sorts of stuff so we have a ton of cool prizes for that um and we're working on even more so that list is just going to continue to grow uh so first through 10th place will be rewarded in some fashion do you want to do the drawing now do you want to explain the drawing i can oh. explain it yeah you because i really don't know what we did on this so um so essentially last year we said we were going to do a, a delta firm tank giveaway for um velocity experiment the brew club experiments on the bossy website um but unfortunately we kind of had some changes to the format of publishing on velocity uh the the bossy show started going every other week on thursdays we had fewer publishing opportunities and so the brew club kind of got shifted aside um so we kind of took i think it was the top five of the competitors last year along with the people that did publish articles and even doug i don't know if you're on the call we included him because he had an article that he submitted but didn't quite get published and so we kind of weighted it towards the articles but we also included the five people that competed and we have the wheel of who knows what's it and i'll just share my screen here and uh these are the people that are in and whoever it lands on is going to get a firm tank so uh you know Click to spend. He's going to get this, Haven. He's going to get it. Don't be Haven. I better not be me. And, of course, it's going to be Doug. Look at that. There we go. I don't even, yeah, I don't think he's here. So, uh, congrats to Doug. He won a Delta Firm Tank uh, for submitting an article, but it didn't quite work out for him because, we again, we changed all of our uh, publishing. Um, I don't know if y'all, I guess you haven't noticed, but, 
right now the Velocity Show is going to every week. And that means that um, we're pretty much only going to be publishing Velocity articles on Mondays until we get more contributors or something changes um, because we have basically kind of tapped out. So um, there's only four of us full time contributors at this point. So, um, so anyways, so that's what's going on. Um, back to you, Haven. Awesome. Well, we are here tonight to talk about competitive homebrewing. Um, I'm going to keep my camera off just for the sake of bandwidth. My computer isn't the greatest on my end, so I uh, apologize for that. But um, we figured with the kind of launch with the, the brew club circuit um, out there and um, a lot of new members joining the group, maybe not a part of our, our competitive uh, page on Discord last year, we wanted to go through kind of the competitive homebrewing side of things from or for a beginner. Um, so I know there's a lot of seasoned competitors on this call. Uh, so a lot of this information might be some rehashing of things you already know. Um, so I do apologize that I'll probably be going through some basic info, but we wanted to give the beginning competitor or the new competitor um, some confidence into into jumping into this thing because it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not um, as scary as it may seem at first. Um, so really wanted to, to do that. I do have some more advanced stuff at the end that we'll chat about too. Um, as you guys know, my name is Haven. I'm part of the leadership team for the Brew Club. Um, I have absolutely no um, no right to be talking about this than anyone else on this call that that competes. Um, I don't have any accolades. I'm I'm a BJCP provisional judge. I just took the test online, so I haven't organized a comp or anything like that. I'm just an avid competitor and was the one crazy enough to want to do this do this uh, meeting. So uh, I I have no accolades uh to this other than just being a competitor and and winning a few comps last year so um really take what i what i say with a grain of salt so starting off why would somebody want to compete uh why would you want to get into a competition what's really the benefit of that um because you are paying essentially paying somebody to drink your beer and depending on how far you're sending this beer uh, you're paying quite a lot of money i i pay i think an average of 40 or 50 bucks per competition to send beer um and and with entry fees and all that stuff so it's an expensive venture um outside of an, an already expensive hobby uh, that we don't tell our spouses about so um this is just more money tagged on the top the first reason that i like to uh compete or I, I see people that like to compete is the competition aspect of it. Uh, just kind of the comparison against your peers. Uh, see how you stack up. Um, really, it, when it comes down to it, um, the beer that you make is, if you like it, that's all that matters really. Some people want to take that further and make the best example of a specific style that they possibly can and competing can really help you do that. Um, you're putting it up against a lot of different beers <clears throat> from a lot of different people that may have different ideas, different backgrounds, different brewing prowesses than you. Um, so it's really nice to see and, and get those beers against each other to see what people think they, um, how they stack up against each other. Now, these are being judged and evaluated by like, like brewers out there um, that have some sort of accreditation through the BJCP, uh, whether they're some sort of provisional judge or, or ranked higher. Um, a lot of judges, a lot of competitions have even higher rank than certified, um, something like national. I've seen some, you know, of course, there's grandmaster judges out there. Um, so you do have the chance to get your beer judged by somebody who's very experienced in tasting um, and being critical and objective about beer, which is very important. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're your own worst critic, but you may also like your beer the most. 
um, your friends aren't going to say anything bad about your beer because they're getting free beer and your homebrew club may not want to be mean to you in front of your face if they don't like a beer. I, I under understand all of those. Um, so that critical, uh, that critical objective feedback and anonymous feedback is kind of really good. Um, that kind of moves into my second point is getting feedback on your beer. Um, you may think you know what you what what the beer is like. Your friends may think that the same thing. They may give you some feedback on it as well. Um, but you may not be judged to a standard. They may just say it's really good. It's really um, <clears throat> you're not really being judged to a a guideline or or a set of standards for that specific style. So that's a really good opportunity to do that with your beer and see how, again, you stack up against that specific style. The third big reason, uh, the one that I kind of like chasing, is the awards and trinkets and, and goodies that you win. Uh, if you just happen to be have a beer that's, that's good enough to beat out the others in that specific category, and you happen to place uh, in one of the top three slots at that table, you usually win an award. And that's pretty damn cool. Um, I'm a I'm a collector of trinkety shit. I have little collections of stuff all over my house, and my wife hates it, but I don't. I, it just just makes me feel good. So winning a medal and getting a medal in the mail is always a lot of fun. Um, you'll win medals, ribbons. Some competitions send out little pieces of swag if you win. Um, if you happen to take like a best of show position, uh, which is kind of an overall win of that competition, you usually get some pretty solid prizes. Um, I've seen. Like I know Blue Bonnet does the steins for gold. I forget. I, I think they do the barrel staves for or the barrel caps for best to show. Um, there, there's some pretty sizable prizes out there. Um, so it's really cool to get kind of awarded for brewing a really sweet beer. Um, so you decided you want to compete. You want to get into involved in this and you want to try it out. Uh, how do you find a competition? That's that was a tough part uh, for me at the beginning as I had no idea what to do. Um, and there's a lot of good resources out there. And once you know them, you'll be able to find competitions like no other. It's 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 so easy once you know where to go, um, kind of like everything. Um, first place I like to go is the Beer Judge Certification Pro Program website. It's BJCP.com. Uh, they have an awesome calendar out there that kind of lists all the competitions. You can filter by your country. Uh, you can filter by kind of date and time when it's going to be held uh, based on like the shipping window and stuff, how to get your entries there on select a competition through that. It's really, really nice to um, kind of plan out your competing schedule because they have a lot of future competitions out there. Um, I also like to use the Master Home Brewer website. Uh, Master Home Brewer program is a, a website that kind of promotes, uh, it's a program that promotes the competitive side of home brewing. Um, I like to use that to kind of vet these competitions and see what other people think of them. They have a huge feedback list on these competitions. Um, so to see if if people in the past um, have liked those competitions, have enjoyed their experience with entering and getting feedback and getting awards, or if they've had a, a terrible uh, terrible um, experience with them, which there's quite a few out there that have not been great in the past. Um, I know one this year, I think Palooza took two months to get score sheets out and even longer to get medals out um, that I, I certainly understand that these things take a lot of effort to organize, but uh, two months is is quite a long time. So um, always vetting those competitions, just making sure that they are um, they're in good standing with the with the crowd of competitors that are out there. Um, there is a Facebook page called Competitive Homebrewing. So that's if you type it in the search bar, it's Competitive Homebrewing. It's got like 
1,800 people in it. That is a wonderful resource for finding competitions. Uh, the, a lot of the admin there post um, when competitions are open, and then they will also uh, post like entry fees, uh, how many bottles you have to send per entry, all the kind of relevant information. We've started doing something similar on the Brew Club uh, Discord, uh, but that's an awesome resource to find great competitions out there. Um, if you don't watch yourself like I did last year, you end up entering like 50 competitions and it just gets overwhelming. So just be careful on the page, it gets addicting. Um, and I would say we're also a really good resource with the Brew Club. Uh, we have a Discord server that's really, really active, uh, a little bit more active than our Facebook page, at least with the core group of members on there. And we post a lot of cool competition sites out there. Um, I know Steve Hiller is always messaging me some uh, different competitions that he's entering. Uh, Trevor and I will post competitions that we're entering, uh, kind of just keeping everybody in the loop. If you want to enter it, great. If not, that's okay too. Um, so if that's another resource for you. So you want to compete, you find a competition, you're ready to enter. Um, how do you register? So most of these sites, I'm going to try to share my screen here too, so I can walk you through. Uh, Talk you through these. Most of these sites or these competitions are going to use a software. Uh, this software is typically makes it easier for the the keep organized and keep everything going. Um, let me know you guys can see my screen. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, we can see it. Sweet. Uh, two of the most popular softwares out there are Reggie, uh, which we're looking at right now, and then another one called BCOEM, which is the uh, Beer Competition Online Entry Management, I don't know, something like that. Um, these are the two most popular ones. There's other ones out there. I know uh, BAP or Beer Awards Platform is becoming more popular. Um, so they all kind of do the same thing. You register, you pay your entry fee through here, um, and then you'll get all of the results and your score sheets back through here as well. Um, so really, really pretty simple. Um, it doesn't take but a few minutes to poke around and, and try to figure out what's what's where. Um, Reggie, this is kind of a main competition page. This is just a random competition I found. Um, so it has the name of the comp up here, the date that the competition will be held. Current date, I don't really know why it lists that. Everyone knows where current date is, but um, data registration or entry registration so you can see when you can sign up. Um, so if this is before the window, like right now, I can't sign up for this competition, but on February 15th, I can. And then when it, if there's entry still available, you can sign up until April 2nd. Dates of judging, and it's usually the same. So if you want to judge or steward for the competition, you can do that there. Um, dates of entry delivery, so your shipping window or drop-off window. The entry limit, so how many beers they're going to accept. Uh, how many limit per brewer, so you can only enter four. The current entry count, which it's not open right now, so zero, and the bottles needed. So Reggie keeps it nice and condensed up here um, to where you can see all the information you need. If it would let me, you would log in here, and then you could get into where you could sign up for your entries. I don't think this one will let me in, actually. Um, so we'll kind of we'll jump over to here. And this is the is. Uh, BCOEM, which is the other popular site that's out there for competitions, if it would load. Awesome. Scotty should recognize this page. Uh, so this is our this is the upcoming local competition that I do with a lot of guys around here, and it's a ton of fun, and I always end up waking up feeling like a pile of shit the next day. Um, 
So this is kind of the main page when you come to a competition on BCOEM, it'll list the name, kind of the, in, the information of who's hosting it. Entry registration, it'll say if it's open or closed, and then it'll show you the entries that are added and then the paid entries. Most entry or most competitions have a cap for paid entries or um, just registered entries. It just depends on what they choose. So this one has a limit of 85 paid entries. Um, so you can find that info here. Judge and steward registration, again, if you want to sign up for that. And then these are some pretty basic boilerplate rules. Um, they can, comps can customize these to their uh, liking. Once you read through these once and are familiar with the, uh, the kind of competition um, side of things and, and rules with that for BJCP, um, the, uh, the BJCP sanctioned competitions, this is mostly the same, um, but it's always good to read through, just glance over to see if there's any specific rules that you need to follow. This is all comp specific stuff down here um, for this specific competition, so we won't go into that. Entry acceptance rules will show number of bottles if you need that, and then it'll show what kind of containers are accepted. That's huge. Um, if you want to be safe, always package your your beers in 12 ounce brown bottles. Um, cans some are, are being more and more commonly accepted. Um, but things like swing top bottles, 22 ounce bombers, stuff like that typically isn't accepted. Um, same with like corked and caged bottles. You really want to check on that just to be sure if you do have those. So keep that in mind. That information is down here. Now, if you're looking for more specific info, you can go to the info tab on top. And that'll show you account registration, your entry fee, any styles that are accepted. So this competition specifically does limit us uh, to certain styles. They don't like any sours or anything like that. So they, they do keep those out of here. But most competitions have this wide open. Um, we'll have every BJCP style in there um, acceptable and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll take that and accept it for judging. And you can also see if cider or mead are accepted here in this list, which this competition is not. Um, entry limit again, um, how many participant or how many entries per participant, how to pay. So that's really important. Most of them, uh, I've never paid any other way other than PayPal. Um, and then kind of the same, same old stuff up here is the other page. And then entry delivery. This is your drop-off dates um, and provides you the drop-off location. If there were a shipping location for this competition, it would show right below. And it would, I believe it says shipping location under there. So really, really nice to see that. It'll give you the shipping dates where you do have to ship between, and then it'll give you the, the address again. So, so that's probably a pretty, uh, pretty good view for most of us here. So, um, if anyone wants to go in depth into those software and, and have any questions, um, certainly let me know. I can always jump on a call with you uh, alone. We can walk through that. Um, otherwise, like I said, it it takes but a minute or two to poke around in there and, and find your way around. So um, once you sign up for an account, you can register your entries, pay your entry fees, and then print your bottle labels. Those labels are going to be attached to your bottles that you send in. Uh, so the competition knows exactly what beer is in that bottle and can um, get it ready for judging. So I'm going to grab a sip of beer quick. So you signed up, you're ready to go. Shipping windows open or drop off window is actually, uh, 
Will, I can catch your question here. What's going on? Yeah, I was just double checking. Uh, so you, those uh, sites you're just showing, were those yeah. the individual competition sites or were you going to like a hub that shows all competitions? So BC OEM uh, typically have, each one of them has like a, a hub for that specific competition. So um, when a link is published out there to click, to, to say for like Bluff City Extravaganza, which we all entered here, most of us entered here, um, you click on it and it brings it to that specific competition. So when you register an account, it'll it'll be specific for that competition. Now on Reggie, when it'll bring you to the competition page, but once you sign into your account, Reggie's a little bit different where it's kind of a hub for the competition, but your score sheets will be scored in your your main profile. So to get it's kind of hard to explain. Um, you'll sign up through the competition hub website. You'll enter your your beers that you want. You'll pay for it through that. Results will be posted at that same link. But to get your individual score sheets, you'll need to log into your account from the main Reggie beer website. And then you can download them. So Reggie's a little bit confusing. BCOAM makes it really easy. Um, so if there's ever any questions, I know a lot of us for Winter Brew had to try to find our score sheets in the in the Reggie system. Um, always reach out to us. We'll always we're always happy to chat with you guys. Um, hey Ben. Yeah. Yes, sir. Discord link is in act is in in invalid. Damn it, Will. Just letting you know. Hey Doug, did you hear the good news? Uh, is the good news that the the Facebook link works? No, uh, you won a firm tank. Would I win? A firm tank. How? Uh, the article that you submitted and never got published. How is that possible? It never got published. We gave you an entry anyways, so you're welcome. Fuck, I'll take it. <laughs> are you, are you yeah, it wasn't your fault you didn't get entered. That's totally on our end, so you got an entry. Oh, are you? <laughs> that's awesome. Are you fucking? Did I really win? Yeah. Yeah. So how did, we'll, how did people vote for me if it never got published? So we did a wheel of death. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little different this year. Fuck, I'll take it. I could use a fermenter. We'll we'll be in touch. Okay. Um. Hey, guess what I'm doing? Ruin. You're riding oh. camels bareback. I'm I'm brewing I'm brewing with my buddy, hello, who bought my old system. Anyways, I'll mute myself. You can go back to the meeting. Um, if you have any questions for me, I've I've done a few competitions. Yeah, we'll we'll open this up at the end. I think there's a lot of good experience in here uh, to chat about things. So, getting right back into it. Um, will we can chat about your the software questions more at the end if you want. Um, so you got entered. You're signed up. You got to package that beer. Um, so I will preface going into packaging and shipping by saying that we all know how to brew beer. We all know our systems and how to make beer and keg it. And we make pretty damn good beer. Um, where competitive homebrewing is going to differ is that packaging and shipping your beer is almost as important, if not more important than the actual beer itself. Because if your beer doesn't get to that competition site in perfect quality, um, you're you're dead on arrival basically it's it's not going to to win you any medals um it's not going to get you any good feedback because that beer just isn't what it was supposed to be that isn't what you entered so this is a, a very important step in the process and one that i 
um, have really tried to work on over the years and still need a lot of work on it because I, I have a lot of variability in my process. So you got to package your beer. You got to get into the bottles. Um, like I was saying with the software overview, these bottles have to be clear of any markings or labels. So you cannot have any commercial labels on there, no stickers of your own on there, completely blank. And most competition organizers suggest that you keep these clean as possible. So don't just rip off a beer label and leave the adhesive on there. Um, you, you can, I don't think there's any huge issue with that in terms of like identifying markings or anything like that. Um, what judges have kind of told me and what I've heard in the past is they'll see that and say, well, this person didn't care enough to clean the bottle. So why, why do they care about what's in the bottle? Um, it's a very subjective thing and they shouldn't do that, but that's kind of human nature. So it's that subconscious of they didn't give a shit to clean this enough. So what's, what's going to be in the bottle? So just be wary of that, um, buying new bottles or just giving it a good scrub. Um, if you're reusing bottles, um, that packaging again has to be free of any identifying markings. So try to use blank bottle caps. I know a lot of us buy bottle caps just from Amazon or more beer or whatever. So those American flag ones or the hop ones, I think they're fine. I haven't noticed any, I haven't heard of any issues of bottles getting rejected for those. Um, but proceed at your own risk. If you use those, if you're going to use those, best just black them out with a Sharpie or something like that. Um, that's that's what the website usually says. So I just follow that. I'm a rule follower. So um, clean your bottles, clean them, clean them, clean them and clean them again. I give them one PBW soak if they're new bottles out of the box. I'll usually give them two if I'm reusing bottles. Um, I want those things to be as clean as possible just just to be sure. Um, I don't want to risk sorry, my cat's being stupid. I don't want to risk uh, any infection or re-fermentation in the bottle. Um, really be thorough about cleaning and sanitizing those. Um, just you want again, you want that beer to show up in the best in the best um, condition possible. And then once those bottles are filled, uh, we'll talk about filling here in just a second. You want to attach those labels, the, the, the bottle labels that you get from the software to that bottle. Um, that tells the competition organizers what beer is in which bottle and just makes it easier for them to, to grab that, see what beer is in there, scan it and then do their thing on sorting day. Um, one thing that I do is I put those those bottle labels in a little plastic like snack baggie, just a little Ziploc. Um, I bottle with my bottles cold and my beer cold, so it frosts up a lot and those bottles sweat. I would hate for a beer or a bottle to get there with that label kind of soggy or blurred or anything like that. And then that just makes it a little bit harder on the organizer to figure out which beer is ruined or which label is ruined at least. Um, so you can always take those competition bottle labels and tuck them inside a little baggie and then just rubber band that to the bottle. So whatever, whatever works best for you. Um, packaging beer is important, like I said, so I would not recommend just taking a bottle to your tap, filling it up and then capping on, on foam. Even if you cap on foam, there was oxygen in that bottle. Um, yeah, will nice. Yeah. You can't use or can't have any writing on there. No, no identifying information at all, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I, I would not recommend just filling up your bottle from a, from a tap and then capping on that. There was oxygen in that bottle. Um, the carbonation is probably going to dissipate a little bit more than what it is in the keg. So that would, I would use that as an absolute last resort, uh, but it, it, when I used to do that, it was spotty at best for, for entries. So really try to avoid that as much as possible. 
uh, the two options that I use are you can bottle condition. I know it sucks. We all hate bottling. Um, we're all, I think most of us here are onto kegs and, and into that sort of thing. Um, but I still do, I bottle condition a lot of my beers for competition still. I'll do anything that clarity doesn't matter, like a wheat beer, um, half a bison, something like that, all the way up to the stronger beers like Imperial Stouts or all of my mixed firm saisons are all um, bottle conditioned just because they'll keep for a long time with that bottle condition. Um, oxidation isn't that big of an issue or a concern at that point because you do have that secondary refermentation in the bottle um, and it's carbonated and you know it's going to be carbonated. It's just be wary of the uh, that little slug of yeast at the bottom. You want to make sure to get as much of that out of there before bottle conditioning as possible. So some of us hate doing that even still too, which I completely understand because that's not very convenient. Um, so I would recommend investing in some sort of bottle filler that you can attach to your keg or your tap line or something, and you can fill bottles that way. Um, I use a tap cooler. It's a counter pressure filler. So you can purge your bottle, kind of pressurize the bottle after that. So it's per it has effectively no oxygen or as little as possible in there. You pressurize your bottle and then you fill with that same unit um, and that will effectively keep the CO2 in solution because that bottle's already under pressure. And then you help bleed the pressure as that bottle fills so you can keep your beer um, carbonated, number one, and out of the way of oxygen, number two, which are both the most important parts. Uh, and then just cap on top of that. There's other options out there. Uh, I know the Nuka tap is another, or not the Nuka, um, what am I thinking of? The iTap Bonduel, that's what I'm thinking of or there's the beer gun or the last straw there. There's all sorts of units out there that you can get for this. Um, totally depending at your uh, at your price point that you want to get in on this. Um, it's totally up to you. So um, you can spend a lot of money on, on bottling if you really wanted to. But that is a very important part. I recommend the tap cooler. It's pretty awesome. So once your bottles are filled, your labels are affixed to your bottle. You're ready to ship um, again. That's that's a really important part unless you are within driving distance of the competition you can drop them off because that saves you on shipping and that's really convenient uh, most of these are going to be ship you're going to have to ship your entries to another state or across the country um it's it, it can get um expensive to do that sometimes and it's once you're at the hands of the the shippers it's kind of out of your your control at that point so what I do, you want you want to ensure your bottles are, are packaged well, of course. So what I do is I take each individual bottle, I wrap it in bubble wrap, and then I wrap it in some sort of like void fill paper or newspaper or something like that, just to give it a little bit extra cushion. At that point, I put each individual bottle into its own Ziploc bag uh, and seal, push all the air out of that Ziploc bag and seal it really nice that, that if something were to leak or to break, um, hopefully that Ziploc bag would hold that liquid in and all the glass shards would stay within that void fill paper and bubble wrap. So hopefully that bag doesn't puncture at that point. So I have each individual bottle and it's each individual, it's each own bag. Um, from there, I take a box, a nice sturdy cardboard box, um, put some packaging around the bottom and around the sides. And then I will take a garbage bag. I just have cheap roll of garbage bags off of Amazon that I will put all of my bottles inside and I'll put that inside the box. Um, within that garbage bag, I'll kind of separate out the bottles with some void fill paper or some cardboard just so there's even more cushion uh, in between there, those bottles so they don't get squished together if the box just happens to get squeezed or trapped under something. Um, 
so the the garbage bag then acts as kind of a secondary um catch for if there's liquid that gets out of one of those ziploc bags um it works really well it might be overkill um but i'm i think within the discord i'm infamously known for overpacking my beer so it it works i've only lost one um box and that was because a forklift drove through it so um other than that i haven't had any that that have dropped or anything like that that have broken so it's a good system once i get everything in the garbage bag i tie it up really nice and tight and then you want to pack that box with as much shit as you possibly can fit in it newspapers void fill bubble wrap i keep those like air bags from amazon your amazon orders i keep all those around i have all my family collecting those for me um, and i jam those in the box um, on the sides on the top really anywhere i can fit something in that box something's going to go to fill that that void of space um, and then i package it up and i shake the hell out of my box um, you don't want those bottles to move at all if they're moving if you can feel them going side to side or up and down or anything like that that means in shipping it's going to be moving too and that's when the bottles are going to break um, very rarely does a box get smashed or squished or run over or or a forklift fork through the box or something like that um, typically it's going to be if it gets dropped on a porch or dropped in a truck or something that those bottles are going to rattle around hit each other and break so i don't want that to move um, I would rather repack I would rather open up my box and repack it while it's still in my possession than to have to repack another box with more beer, with more bottles, and pay for a second round of shipping. So I'd i just be as thorough as possible on the hey, first hey, go around. Yes, sir. Um, I was just gonna say also another solution is they have something called crafty shipping uh, bottle inserts. And they're the, they're like cardboard corrugated um, that that basically you put each bottle in its own uh, uh, shipping insert and then you stack those. That also works really effective. It's more expensive though. You can and you can build your own. Clay's got yep. one right there. Yeah, hey, Clay's got it. that's I love those. Yep. So those are really good. There's uh, spirited shippers. I think they're called. They're kind of like a a little cardboard box you can put each individual bottle in uh there's the whale pods which are boxes and styrofoam shippers that are designed for sending bottles it's it's all expensive um unfortunately but those work as well and there's i see a lot of different comments in there that there's a lot of different options for for packaging and shipping beer um ju you just want to make sure the, the most important thing i look for is those bottles do not move in that box so that's a really really good thing to use um kind of a, a legality um shipping beer through the postal service is technically illegal now i know will lovell is going to be one to chime up in the comments here is that people still ship beer through the postal service it'll get to its destination i ship bottles haven or yeast samples well, shut your mouth <laughs> the non-alcoholic beer um also, you can accor according to the rules for competition purposes it's legal but they don't know that yeah it's it's, such a, it's, a, it's a weird little area um but i i don't want to say one way or another they're probably not going to do anything but i just don't take the risk i'm not gonna uh, like i said i'm a rule follower i'm not going to send through the postal service because they 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 say it's illegal they say there's some sort of criminal activity because alcohol is moving whatever doesn't matter um so Take the if you want to ship that way, um, it's on you. The risk is all yours. But I ship through UPS or FedEx. I think most of us do here. Those are private companies. 
so we're able to it, it's not illegal to ship through them it's against the rules um from what i've heard from different drivers and people that i've kind of read some forum posts on it um and actually i have a, I have a cousin that's a driver he knows he knows what's in those boxes but he doesn't give a shit as long as it doesn't break and make a mess in his truck a, a mess in the warehouse any a mess all over other packages he doesn't give a shit what you send so as long as you're packaging well and it's not going to break you'll be fine um but i just like to respect the people that are that are sending my beer across the country for me and trying not to break those bottles so they have to clean up a mess um but yeah i i just use ups and fedex that's kind of the route i go um proceed at your own risk with UP, usps and then one more thing plan those shipping times accordingly so you really want to give it time um I'm trying to give it at least a week before the deadline, the shipping deadline ends, uh, just in case there's like weather. I know some of us had some weather issues with, um, I forget what comp we all entered, um, Bluegrass, Bluegrass Cup in Kentucky. A lot of us had some weather issues just because of the, all the cold and all the snow delays and stuff like that. Um, so really just plan out your shipping time, making sure you're giving it enough time. I'd rather ship early than ship late. Um, you can always pay for faster shipping services if you want, but that's not guaranteed. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Really, really watch those, those, uh, those dates. I keep a little spreadsheet kind of with the final dates and what I have to package and ship for each competition. Um, and that'll, that, that kind of tells me I have, I have a countdown on there showing how many days left I have to ship. So then I can kind of see when it's about seven, five to seven days before the, the final deadline, I'll, uh, I'll pack that box up and get it out the door. So, um, that's obsessive me though. So just writing it down is easy enough too. So that's kind of the whole process. Once it gets there, the beer will be received, sorted into a category or a, what, what's called table, um, where they usually combine a couple of like, like categories of beer and judge it all as one table. Uh, and then they'll award awards for the top three placers. They'll pick best to show, they'll send out awards. It's, it's a whole cool thing. It's a lot of fun to get those results published and see your name up there or uh, watch a live stream of results and see your name uh, or hear your name get called. So really cool. Um, not much to talk about kind of in the rest of the timeline. Um, so we'll jump into kind of a, a brewing for competitions section that um, is, is kind of of my own thinking. I don't really have a ton of, of quantitative research on this, but there are kind of two ways you can approach brewing for a competition is brew what you like. You know what you like, you know what you brew well. Um, you're more familiar with those styles as long as they fit within a BJCP style, uh, which is what most competitions are judging your entries off of. Um, you're going to do well. You're going to get some good scores on that and good feedback on that. Now, you may have to tweak your recipe a little bit, but if you like IPAs, why not try to brew the best American IPA you can out there? Um, I've I've done this firsthand, and I've, I know a lot of people that have done it too, where you want to win a certain category or you're, you you want to brew a certain style that you could give a shit less about um, me with English barley wine. I don't never had one in my life. And I was like, I might, might as well try to brew one. Well, I brew the most terrible example of the style that I've ever known of someone brewing and who judged it other than Mr. Gordon Strong himself. So that was really fun to get a 22 score sheet from Gordon Strong. So um, brew beers that you're familiar with and what you like to brew. Now, if you want to try something else and try something new that maybe you you have some interest in 
I would recommend checking out other winning recipes or other um, tried and true recipes that are out there. Uh, Brewing Classic Styles is a great resource. The AHA website is a great resource. Uh, Brewlosophy, Master Homebrewer program, uh, program. There's a lot of great resources for good recipes out there. Um, same with the Brew Club. We're a great resource as well. We have a little recipe database. Um, we have people in our in our Discord that are happy to share recipes um, and and tell you kind of what they've won or what they would do different or or what they would tweak. It's a great um, great resource to jump into the Brew Club and just see see what people would provide for you. Um, but make sure you're doing your research and reading the BJCP guidelines to make sure that your beer is going to fit to that. A um, couple tips for competing, for brewing, all that kind of stuff. In the wise words of Michael, Stott, Michael Scott, keep it simple, stupid. Don't try a bunch of new things. Don't try a brand new recipe with a bunch of new processes. You're gonna try decoction for the first time. Keep it simple and keep it to what you know. Uh, that's going to make create better results than going completely off the cuff and completely wild and doing something brand new for the first time and trying to compete with that. It's you could it could work out absolutely. Um, your odds are probably stacked against you though. So brewing something that you brewed a couple times before or a style that you really like um, again is going to work way better in your favor um, and and really stack the box for you to uh, to get one of those medals at the top of the table. Another big one that I've learned um, in recent competitions, unfortunately, is carbonation makes or breaks an entry. Make sure your beers are properly carbonated. I like to try to overcarb beers in the keg prior to packaging. So when I package them, I'm going to lose a little bit of carbonation in that process. Um, it you don't want it to show up undercarbed because then it that's kind of a trickle down effect to where you're not going to get as much aroma off your beer. Your flavors are going to be different because that carbonic acid isn't there. Those bubbles aren't there. That's really important to flavor. Mouthfeel is going to be affected. On uh, your overall impression of your beer might be a bit lower. So really focus on carbonation. That is a huge aspect. That's the, that's the oft unspoken fifth ingredient in beer that is is very very important, especially on a competitive level. Um, so really make sure you're focusing on that. Um, my last one is my last little tip is have fun. This is brewing. We're having fun. We're competing against each other, um, especially in the brew club circuit. We are we're all going up against each other, and I think that's a blast. I'd rather lose to one of you guys than lose to some random. I, I want to see all of us getting medals. I want to see all of us at the table. Um, and, and I know a lot of you guys are incredible brewers. I've, I've had the privilege of trying your beer, and it's, it's awesome to be up against you guys. Um, so have fun with it. Um, learn from it reiterate on those beers that you don't do well on um, and celebrate the wins that you do get even on beers that you might have had a first time brew and you take home you know a couple of golds or a couple of different medals you really want to um, enjoy it w will i meant to say that actually in the first section if you ain't first you're last like ricky bobby says i'm i'm super competitive so i always get like i get way too worked up over this stuff but yeah i'm i'm with you on that one so that's my spiel. Um, any questions you guys have, certainly shoot them in the chat. Otherwise, I'll kind of open this up. I think we have a lot of good competitors in here. Um, I know a lot of us. I know Aaron, Colin just won a couple weeks ago. Clay, Brent, Doug. I can't even see the rest of it. I know Scotty won last year at HH Hinder. 
Alex is down here. So we, we have a lot of competitors in this group. Uh, we can all answer your questions and uh, and, and chat about it. Otherwise, uh, kind of open the floor to you guys. Hey, when the only I thing just I have some add... quick tips. Oh, go ahead, Will. Oh. Oh, that's actually Doug. Um, what I would add oh, is, Doug, up there. is taste your beer and always enter it based on how it tastes, not based on the beer you thought you were making. So if you make a Marzen and it's too dark and roasty, don't enter it knowing it's not what you it perfect look and try to you know find people and um to taste it and if it tastes more like a dunkel or more like a swartz then enter it and as that even though you tried to make a marzen um, i had a marzen that um had a recipe design issue and it was too dark to be a marzen it was too roasty it looked like a marzen it tasted like a swartz so i entered it as both in a competition and i took second third when they combined the flights so it was neither but it was okay yeah, that's a really good one. I know Trevor, I don't think Trevor's on tonight, um, but Trevor brewed his ordinary bitter, his average brew ordinary bitter, and it came out way too dark. So he entered it as a dark mild and he took gold. So yeah, enter the beer that you brew, not the beer that you intended to brew. Um, try not to go too far off the cuff, um, but if something goofs up, yeah, you can, uh, you can certainly, you don't have to enter it. I, I've entered I, I did a dark lager last year that I entered under an international dark, a Czech dark, and a Schwartz beer, and I won medals on all three. So you can play the game too that way, uh, depending on what you uh, what you want to do. Uh, Josh, dry hopped lager. Um, it's becoming more popular with like Italian pills and West Coast pills kind of gaining in popularity. It depends on what categories the competition accepts. Um, you can always enter it. I mean, like say for instance, West Coast Pills, because I know a couple of us competed with our West Coast Pills um, a year ago. Uh, you can enter it under like, I've seen people do Blondale. I don't really think Blondale is a good category for it, but like 34A, which is mixed style. And then you can put West Coast Pilsner. They'll probably combine you with the Pilsner category anyways, but they don't. It's, so it's, it's kind of dependent on what the category accepts. Um, and if you have any questions, just shoot a message to the coordinator and see what he, see what they think. I shouldn't say he, um, so I'd go that route. Will, what's up? So how does that work? Like, so you, like you said, entered in a mixed style and then they'll probably combine it with like a regular Pilsner style. So then how do you, if you're getting judged and then they're, you know, say they're doing all check pills and you get shoved in that category, yours is going to be wildly different. So would you be better off just entering it as like New Zealand Pilsner? That's that's actually a really good category that people have been doing West Coast Pils in. Um, when you do, a, from what I understand, when you enter a mixed style beer, which is its own category, it's kind of like it says, it's like a mixed category of things that don't really fit into a BJCP category. They'll still probably put that with, a table say like west coast pills they're gonna put it with like the light or the lager table the light lager the pale or i don't know what they usually call it, like the yellow lager category it's not being judged to like german pills standard or new zealand pill standards i don't really even know what it's being judged with if there's actual quantitative guidelines around those weird mixed styles um, but it'll be included in that specific table they won't have just a table for mixed style beers unless it like blue bonnet or something does i don't know um so it's kind, it's kind of tough to enter something that isn't a bjcp style uh it's kind of tough but there's ways to do it well 34 34 um 
B is a style. It's a, it's just a mixed. Um, but I think that to also answer your question is if if they have one Swartz that's entered and there's no one to compete against, they will collapse division uh, divisions into one table flight. And so you might have um, multiple dark um, European loggers competing against each other, even though they're in different categories. They're all individually judged against the style that they're entered in. And the judges will have, you know, I've, I've, I've sat at tables where we're doing Belgians and we have Saisons all the way up to um, quads at the same. And they're all competing against each other, but against their own style. Correct. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough. I mean, most competitions don't have the staff or the entries to do a, a table for each individual BJCP category. Uh, so they combine them with like style. Like there's the British table, which includes you know, standard, ordinary, strong, bitter, dark, mild, all of it's, they're all at one table. So there's only three awards for all those beers, but they're being judged against their specific category. Something for like a mixed is, is tough. Cause like they, the BJCP doesn't have a defined guideline for West coast pills. Um, so to be honest, I don't know what they use to judge a beer that isn't exactly part of a category. Um, I just tend to stay away from those. Um, Josh, like you're talking about, let me take a peek here. I mean, you can always put like in that, in that blank box, Hoppy Pilsner, um, and they'll just judge it to that. And they'll, they'll probably judge the, the cleanliness of your fermentation, uh, how it looks based on kind of traditional Pilsner guidelines. Um, I don't know if they'll put that up like against a German pills guideline for the appearance. Um, aroma will be, kind of subjective on what hops you have um so it'll be it'll be kind of based off of what you're actually submitting but um yeah i'm not sure if there's a lot of subjective uh or objective guidelines to compare that to aaron go for it hey uh just a couple things i had um i had one competition um where i didn't get my results and when i reached out to them they reached back out and told me that they somehow forgot to judge my beer. Um, so there's obviously things like that, that we can't uh, do anything about. That was pretty upsetting. Um, you know, they send you your money back if they want, but like, you know, when you think you have a good beer and you're, you're hoping to get some hardware, or if you're working on that master homebrewers program, like it kind of sucks that that happens. Um, and then the very next competition I had, um, my box was destroyed by UPS. Um, and so uh, I didn't have enough time or beer left to send it back. Uh, I reached out to the organizer and they were super cool. They're like, hey, well, looks, you know, you still have time. If you can send it, send it. Um, I didn't have any more bottles to send. But the tip that I learned from that is I'm going to bottle extra bottles for my competitions and ship as close to the beginning of that shipping window as possible. So if they get damaged or lost or broken or whatever, I can resend it. Um, and generally, you know, they're going to be pretty good about that. So, um, I don't, I don't know if anybody else does it, but this last one where they all got damaged, um, I wrapped my bottles with bubble wrap, stuffed them in the Pringles cans and taped those lids on really good, then wrap those in more packing and then put those in a Ziploc bag. And so I don't know, I've shipped plenty Pringles of stuff. What's that? That was genius. The Pringles can thing, genius. I just had to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a genius. But for me, 
it's the first time I've, I've probably shipped, I don't know, 30 or 40 boxes of beer to friends and competitions and stuff like that. This is the first time I've ever had a breakage. And that was the only change I made was those Pringles cans. So um, I don't know if they were, you know, punting the box down the, to the front door of where it was going or not. But, um, and then my only other thing is, uh, you know, sometimes these addresses, they say right on it, homebrew, you know, the receiver and like, there's not much you can do about that. And you just hope you get a cool driver and that they're not gonna snag your beer and take it home and, and enjoy it and say that it was damaged because are you gonna file a claim? I got the paperwork back from these Pringles ones and it said that my uh, contents of my box were four Pringles cans. Um, so they definitely opened it at some point. Um, and then what am I gonna do? File a complaint and ask for my shipping money back after I knowingly broke the rules. So, you know, um, you know, I had received a bunch of beers from Haven, packed exactly how he said he packed them, and they were stellar. And in fact, all the packing was so good that I used that to send my stuff off to James Spencer. So the, <laughs> the stuff holds up, that's for sure. So that's yeah. just my tip. It's Aaron made a really good point. Bottling extra, not only to have uh, beers in case you need to resend it. I know I've I've went to <clears throat> competitions and kicked a keg and just been pissed because I have to change out that entry for something else um but it's also really really nice you you bottled that beer at the exact same time that you're bottling for that competition so when you get that score sheet back and you're questioning oh why what why are they tasting this why are they observing this you get that that feedback that score sheet you can drink that beer and look through that score sheet to to compare it to what the judges tasted uh to see what you're get to see what they're getting to see what you're picking up to see if you agree or not uh, and you can kind of adjust and iterate your recipe based on that. It's really important. I've, I, I do that. I usually bottle one extra bottle per entry that I do, um, and I'll, I'll do that exact thing, same thing. I'm looking forward because I got three bottles in the freezer for winter brew or uh, midwinter tomorrow when results release and I get my score sheets uh, to sit down and, and be kind of critical about my beer and go through it based on what the judges say uh, to see if I want to change up that recipe for the future. So that's always a really, uh, really good tip. Thanks, Aaron. Mr. Will Lovell. So um, I, I hate to be this guy, but I'm always this guy. But just just so you know, judging is subjective. So sure, they're judging to a style. Sure, they're judging this. But like, again, if you're in a category where they're judging Sisons and quads and triples all on the same line, if you don't like Sisons and you love quads, you're probably not going to rate them the same. So it's still subjective, but that's the game you signed up for. So you kind of just got to accept that. Um, so again, don't get butt hurt. Just have fun. Realize that it's a competition. Nobody's gonna die, and you you still get to drink your beer at home. It's fine, but just know that like it's not perfect system. Uh, it is still highly subjective, but you know, have fun with it. Yeah, as much on, as they try to take any given beer on any given day with any given judge can do well. So. What I find is good is if you take one beer and try to get it into three to four competitions, because then you have enough judges so you can, you know, you might get crushed on one. You know, I, I had a uh, Weizenbach that got best of show third, and then the same weekend it got a 27 on another table. So if I had just put it into that one competition, the uh, boobs, I would have thought that was a horrible beer. I would never enter it again. So just because you get a bad score doesn't mean you shouldn't try to put it into a couple different contests to give more judges a chance to tell you what it's about. 
Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, like Will said, as much as they try to take the subjectivity out of judging, uh, it's certainly it's certainly a thing. Um, And it's also a thing um, based on your flight position. So if a judge is tasting 10 Imperial Stouts, the 10th one isn't going to taste as good as the first one, no matter how how much they try to take that that human element out of that. It's just not going to be the same. So there was some cool data i think it was on the master homebrew program facebook page or maybe it was the competitive page um where they showed like flight position orientation versus uh mini best of show or metal wins uh and the percentage near the front of the flight was kind of astounding versus like the end of the flight um so it is it, it is still subjective doesn't doesn't matter what the vjcp likes to say uh it's certainly subjective um yeah and like doug said submit it to multiple competitions I, I had the same opportunity or the same thing that he did last year with multiple beers is where I get killed in one competition and then I medal in the next. And and the scores, my my Hellas, I, I know I've talked about this numerous times in the Discord, my Hellas scores, the same batch, range from 22 to 48. So it, it it is the biggest spread you could possibly get on the same exact beer. So enter it into multiple competitions if you can afford to do so and you want to do so. Um, you're going to get the best range of feedback doing that. Tim, go for it, buddy. Yeah, I'd like to ask a question about uh, trying to get some thoughts regarding there's a recent um, um, recent indication that some clubs want to have MHP-friendly competitions. And what that means is uh, for the Master Homebrew Program, to rank up, you need a lot of 38s and 43s. So what they're suggesting, uh, no, I don't know of anybody who has implemented it, it's just being discussed, is to round scores up. You know, if it's a 37, well, we'll just push it to a 38. If it's a 42, well, we'll push it to 43. I, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that. Um, well, I'm, <clears throat> I know a lot of us here are actually involved with the... Uh, master homebrewer program um yeah i want my 43s and i want my 38s uh, but i also don't want competition results scored or skewed because of that i i have a lot of scores on my dashboard right now that are 37s and it, as much as it pisses me off it uh it motivates me to rebrew that and retry that recipe just a little bit better i don't i don't really care for the idea of having at that point, you just have a very tiered system of you're either going to give them a 21, a 38, or a 43. And I know they're not going to stick right to that, but if that's the mindset of it, um, I don't, I don't really think that's going to be great. Um, just for the the competition side of things, you don't want to skew that program on your kind of undermining what the BJCP is doing with their score sheets. Agreed, and I, I would like to see maybe that that addressed and uh and squashed at a uh at a much higher level within the state i i know the master homebrewer program i i listened to a podcast with when matthew harold was president he was talking about it and they were already well aware of this in 2022 and they were watching for it so i know they're they're watching data they're watching score sheets come in and they're trying they're they're the ones that are most involved in this uh this whole competitive homebrewing side of the hobby um so I, I trust that they've done everything right so far in my eyes. I trust that if they see that starting to happen where score sheets are getting skewed one way or another, 
uh, that they're going to address it in some way. I don't know how. I have no idea how they're going to try to fix that. Um, but that sounds like their problem and not mine. So I'll just enjoy the program for for whatever they do. But it's going to it's not going to be easy. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Is it like a club thing? Like are clubs that are throwing these competitions doing that? Like I've no, I haven't heard of that. I I haven't heard of any specific examples. Tim, can you kind of talk about that? Uh, no, I, I don't know of anyone who's specifically doing it, but I have heard talk about it. Um, and I find it a little troubling. Uh, I think there's um, there's a certain integrity that the BJCP expects, and uh, and I'm, it doesn't sit well with me. So I'm just wondering, yeah. is this prolific, or is this maybe a club here or there, maybe an individual here or there? I think it would probably be an individual looking to boost their own rank here or there. Um, in the overall scheme of things, especially with those bigger competitions that are on the Circuit of America, which for those that, that don't know is organized by the Master Homebrewer Program, um, they take this very seriously, especially with their score sheets. So I, th I think they're doing the right thing and kind of keeping that out of the judge's mind of you're, you're scoring this beer to what it is. You're not scoring it based off of, is this beer uh, a, a 38 worthy so this person bumps up to Master Brewer or not? So I, I'm hoping that most people are keeping that out of their minds. Um, but I, at least from what I've seen, a lot of people are giving me 37s on beers that I'm hoping for 38s on. So it's pissing me off. So they're going the opposite way uh, if they're trying to do this. All, all kidding, of course. I trust I my scores are what they are. So, um, By Josh, the way, if you want to get better at brewing, you should have Tim taste your beers. Tim's got a great palate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my beers to Tim. How about that? Uh, th th thanks, Will. I'll, uh, I'll send you a couple of Orvals now. <laughs> I just paid for some, dude. Come on, you're going to give them to me for free now? <laughs> Josh, uh, Master Home Brewer Program is for international brewers as well. The only thing that you don't receive is the badges. So you can sign up for free and, and compete as normal and submit your score sheets and get your rank. You just won't get those badges. Uh, I know they are working on some sort of international something, um, but I think it's going to be based on like country. Um, so I don't know if it's just going to be like they're going to go right to all countries right away. Um, if you're interested in, in working with them and helping out, uh, certainly reach out. I think Andy Scherzinger would be the one to reach out to now on Facebook. I can always get you connected if you're looking to help out with getting it started in Canada. Will, go for it. Yeah, I was uh, sorry, I cost. Uh, I missed the beginning of that conversation, uh, but I think I got the gist of as far as the scoring goes. Um, but I did have a question. So when they go to the tables, they're not, um, they don't have your names or your, they don't, I know they don't have the beer name, but they don't have your names. They don't have any, it's just an entry number, correct? Correct. It's, it's completely anonymous when they, when you attach that, that bottle label to your bottle, they're going to, there's like a, a QR code or a barcode or something on there right. that they'll scan and attach just like a random, it, it's like a number with a little barcode on it for them. So it even take, it gets rid of all identifying information. So all the judge has is a number and from that number, they'll know the style of the beer essentially. So what they have to judge it according to. Um, so yeah, they, they, they keep it really anonymous, which is what I really like. So 
Gordon Strong doesn't know that I'm the one that brewed that shitty barley wine. So I'm really glad about that. Hey, when you want to, did you, did you, did you touch base on um, how many best of shows were? Cause I know that's something that confuses people when they see actually, results. Actually, that's an awesome comment. And I had it in my notes and then I totally forgot about it, Doug. Thank you. If people aren't aware, so there's your beers get organized into a table and, and these beers are all judged at this specific table to their own guidelines. So a dark mild is, is judged to the dark mild guideline. An ordinary bitter is brewed to the ordinary or judged to the ordinary bitter guideline. So at the end of judging, they judge that entire table's worth of beers. They typically pick the top three based off of score. So gold is the highest scoring at the table, second, third, so on and so forth. Um, if at the top of that table there are, say, let's say five beers within the the 38 to 36 range for score. So you can't really sort it out by one, two, and three they go into what's called a mini best of show round. Uh, instead of being objectively the top three scorers at that table, they go into a subjective round where some of the higher ranking judges at that competition come in and brew and taste those five beers, those five beers that are in the top, and essentially pick the best three. And then they'll put them in their order. So they'll take those five beers, kind of critique them based on Essentially, it comes down to how what one they like the most. Hey, but can point. I add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Because I've been I've been a participant in a tables where they did best of show. And it was a little different. Um, so the best of shows, the judges, the competitions I did, what happens is let's say they have twelve or fifteen beers in a flight, and it's too many beers for just one set of judges to do. They'll split it into two um, of six to eight beers. And you have two judges that judge half the flight, two judges that judge the other half the flight. And then based on, on each of those broken out flights, they identify the beers that they want to move forward to the mini best of show. And then from those four judges, they will have um, the ones that were moved forward do a mini best of show. And the thing to keep in mind is you might have one set of judges who their best beer was a 34 and another set of judges that their best beers were 39, but they were that's based on those judges' criteria. So you could end up with a beer in the mini best of show that gets a 34 that wins the mini best of show against a beer that got 38. So if you're a competitor and you know your buddy was in this competition and he got a 38, 34 and you got a 38, he beat you, and you're like, well, how did that happen? The way it happens is the, the, the judges that are doing the best of mini, the mini show – they're, they should still be identifying the beers based on style, but they're comparing them side by side. As And, and the, the, the judge set, you might have had a, a less experienced judge um, do half of the flight and more experienced judge do the other half of the flight. And so the variance of scores is not really important. It's which beers were the best of that flight went forward to the best of any show. Not uncommon. Yeah, and it's not uncommon to, have a, a, to have a beer that wins the best of any show that that actually got a lower score than someone else at the table and they'll usually mark on your score sheet that it went to a mini just so you understand that that yes. happened to be the very first con the very first competition i ever entered i went up an english barley wine against a club mate and he beat me with a lower score and it took me forever to figure out how that happened and then i've you know, figured out how the mini best show stuff works. So yeah, I've gotten beat with a lower score before. 
It's super fun. It depends on the comp. It can also be run as a beauty contest on just who likes what beers better. So um, yeah. it, it can work either way, but sometimes it's a beauty contest. Yep. Oh. And that's how and, uh, and when best it comes of show to the actual best of show. So when it comes to the actual best of show, um, they are very rarely considering. I mean, the really experienced judges are still comparing you to style but they're not actually pulling up the style guidelines because they're sitting down with 24 beers. And so it really comes down to which beer at this table is the best beer. Yep, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's, I think the only way to really do it. Um, cause at that point you're taking all the gold medal beers, which all scored really high, uh, at least most of them. Um, and it's, Who's to say the the 42 Imperial Stout that won gold is better than the 41 Saison? Um, it it you gotta really look into um, really at that point. Like Will said, uh, it's it becomes kind of a beauty contest at that point of of what the judges like the most. Um, which I think at that point it's the highest ranking judges that are doing the best of show round, uh, so they're able to kind of put biases aside for the most part and, and pick the best beer, even though that may not be their best beer. Yeah. I have a recent example of this. I have, uh, I just joined, by the way, I got back from Fond du Lac Brewfest. So I, my voice is kind of hoarse cause you know, it's very loud in there. <clears throat> um, but I just had a, a 45 with my Amber at a very big competition and I didn't place, which of course was very frustrating. Like you got a 45, I didn't place. So I of course turned to the, some of the forums that I'm, I frequent many, I think it was probably the competitive forum. And turns out the gold medalist also got a 45. So that means that I got a 45, he got a 45, but I didn't place, you know, how do you, it truly is uh, at that point, once you get to that table, like, wow, I made a great beer that I was up against the gold medalist, but it didn't matter. You know, it, it's, it's something else. I'm like, it was very humbling. Like I was appreciative of finding that person that actually gold medaled at that comp, but it is what it is. You take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think the times that that happened are, are few and far between. Um, yeah. At least in the times that I've medaled, I haven't had that happen. Tear. I, I think it was, one time, one or two times that I was beat out like that. Um, I've had plenty of mini best of shows that I haven't meddled at, uh, but my score sheets mark that I went there. Um, and that's who knows how the competition actually ran that mini best of show. If it was like Doug said, kind of right. pinning the two flights or if it was a beauty contest, but it that's just kind of the nature of brewing. And there's, there's sometimes there's just weird things that happen. And that means you have a good beer. I mean, you're, you're at the right. top, Steve, especially you too. You had, I know that Amber has been killing it for you lately. So you have a solid yeah. beer out there. It's just getting that right comp. It is. It is what it is. I mean, that's, it's kind of, that's kind of the fun part of this. So I just keep, you just keep doing it. You know, you just, it, it's addicting, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And don't, and, and don't take it personally. Like, oh crap. I mean, of course I'm like, damn it. I got a 45 and I didn't place, but it is what it is. <laughs> oh yeah. What are you going to do? Yep. So you didn't I, even get silver. Were they only were they only placing one spot at the table? I don't. I have to look back at that one. No, I got nothing. Not one thing. 
That's so weird because if you tied the gold medalist, then you should be silver. <laughs> Nothing. Yep. Wow. I don't know. I, that was um. What one? What competition was that? Uh, shoot, it was a big one. Oh, I'd have to look back. Anyway, I I'll remember, figure it out. I remember reading your post on that. Yeah, yeah, I was super frustrated. Like, eh. But again, it's like that was me just kind of whining, funny, you know. I wasn't actually like whining. I was just like, damn it. But it was foam cup. The, was that, yeah, I was just going to say, I just that was foam cup. Yep, it was foam cup. Or maybe I had a 44, 45. I don't remember. Anyway, but yes. So that was a, you know, it was a frustrating one. Hard to take, but that's <laughs> what it is. That was, a, that's, what it is. That was kind of my situation. My, my first home my first homebrew competition was the one I talked about on, on Martin's thing where I made like a smoked beer with ancho chilies and all that kind of crap. And it was absolutely horrible. And then my second comp was NHC and I entered by all beer and I got a 39 and I didn't place. And everybody was like, all all everybody in my homebrew club was like, You didn't place. You had a 39. Like, bug. And I was like, well, shit, if I'm going to get a 39 and not place, I'm like, why compete? I'm like, I'm going to have to make 50-point beers just to win? I'm nah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. I took, man, I got a silver at midwinter last year with a 37. I mean, you just never know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Depending on the beers around in the same flight, I mean, a 39 yeah. is a damn good score, but if you had a bunch of 40s above you and you just had – freaking solid brewers entering beer in that flight that's like what are you gonna do tough yeah, yeah. i'd, I'd love do? to look back i gotta look back on my score sheets to see what the lowest score i meddled on because i i think my saison at indiana brewers cup got a 34 and i took bronze mm. which like indiana yeah. brewers that has that had 40 entries that's on a big team. one i took bronze with a 34 one. so uh, there's goofy Never shit know. like that happens all the time yeah that's why you just keep trying and submit, like you you were saying earlier when I first joined, multiple comps. I mean, my my silver at midwinter Doppelbach did not score well at uh, some other Milwaukee comp that I don't think exists anymore. Uh, Delafield Brewhouse, I think it was called. Yep. Um, yeah, that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, screw this. I'm gonna set it to midwinter, and then I got silver. I'm like, oh, okay. So was it good Whatever. or is it bad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked it, so I guess it's all that matters. But, you know, somebody else liked it. (laughs) I want to go through one of these comments here. Uh, ATC, the guest, I don't know if he's still on here. Um, I don't know your name, sir. But uh, he threw some things into the the chat. Um, So plan for the beer to be best when it was judged. Yeah. So try to avoid sending, like, old oxidized styles or things you've had sitting around for a while. Uh, Really keeping Mm -hmm. a brewing calendar as your friend. I am religiously, I, I have like five or six um, recipes always kind of queued up, ingredients ready. So when I have a comp coming up, I can kind of plan out when I'm going to brew what, enter what, and kind of, it, it takes some finagling kind of based on what your brewing schedule is and your, your life schedule. Um, but that's really good just to kind of plan out your brews or you can just brew and if you like the beer you find a competition and you submit it so you can kind of go both ways um so save a bottle keep it warm to mimic shipping taste the score sheets i like i've never really tried to mimic shipping with that um but that's a good idea too if you want to just set it warm and then chill it when you get your score sheets back uh just to see if if that changes anything 
Um, I know that was a, a, I think Colin was talking about that in the Discord the other day, is you can change your entries. If you submit mm-hmm. a beer to a competition and you say you're going to you're gonna send an IPA and then you kick that keg of IPA, uh, you can go in as long as, I, I believe it's based off of account registration dates. So as long as you can still register an account with that competition, you can change your entries to a completely mm-hmm. different, it doesn't matter what it is. It, you can it's like you already paid for that specific spot, but you can change it to a brand new style. So I can switch an IPA to a dark mild or to a mixed firm Saison. It doesn't matter. Um, the only time that doesn't work is like conflict blue bonnet. But yes. yes, that yep. is generally how it works. I think NHC blue bonnet. Yeah. I, you could for op firm this year because I had to switch out one. Um, yeah. The huge ones where you're entering the really big ones. Yeah, then they have caps per table, but yeah, outside of that, pretty much every other competition allows that, and and you get a lot of time. And uh, Trevor was he's not on tonight, but I know he uh, the the registration passed, so he was he was past the point where he could edit it himself. He just messaged the comp organizer because he like dropped a bottle or something, I don't know, and he's like, well, I just. I, I just missed the the date to switch it myself. Like, can I possibly switch it? And they did. So they're usually pretty understanding. If you have any issues at all, reach out mm-hmm. to the comp organizer. They are all so, so good. They're so easy to work with, most of them at least. Um, I had one where I, I shipped my box and one bottle leaked. I was past the shipping deadline, so they told me to send another one, um, which I'm, I was grateful for. I had the opportunity to send another one. So I sent another one. Well, that one broke. So we're like, well, shit, send another one. You'll probably get here the day of the competition. We could probably just throw it in the freezer, and and it scored a 26. So that didn't help me. But they had they had me score. They had me send in two other packages. I spent so much money to get nothing. But um, they're they're willing to work with you as long as you're letting them know that that you need help. Um, and then one more before I get to Will. Uh, volunteer to steward or judge at a local comp. Getting your provisional BJCP. Uh, judging certification is not hard it took me an hour and you just answer a bunch of questions online and then you're permitted to go judge a competition so go do that if you're interested or steward um you usually get lunch sometimes you get some free swag um different things that they have you get a bunch of free beer uh because there's going to be a lot of bottles left over sometimes you can even take like packing supplies or boxes or all sorts of shit home that they have left over from the competition so um great to learn about that i'm, I'm excited to do that in march i'm going to be um heading over to judge between the bluffs and I'm, I'm excited to do that. That'll be my first one. Well, go for it, buddy. Yeah. I'm glad you answered that question about the, um, I forgot to ask about the, uh, changing your beers. Cause I did enter for two for the bluffs and I'm not sure what I'm going to send for the second one. So uh, I'm glad you answered that, but, uh, I did it. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware of Atlantic brew supply does a quarterly brew off. And I believe it's a BJCP registered competition. Um, so they do it every quarter. So I don't know, like, and like I said, I, I haven't been competing and I don't really care too much about competing, but I don't know if it's worth looking at just because they are one of Brewlosophy's sponsors that maybe we look at sending in some entries. To me, I, I'll probably enter this next quarter just because it's local. And I will probably have some of the categories ready. So I'm probably mm-hmm. going to enter it here. But 
I don't know if that's worth looking at or or if it's just like a BS competition that doesn't do anything. I don't know. I haven't. But can can you send me the link on that? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Awesome. Yeah, we'll take a look at that. And we and if they're are, I'm I'm assuming they're limiting it to a certain subcategory or even just a, a general category. Yeah, so uh what it seems like to be is they like last year they did it every quarter and it seemed like they just take a section of the bjcp and that's like the first quarter next section so and it seemed to align kind of with like the seasons to me that's what it Mm -hmm. looked like um like i was gonna enter the fourth quarter one with the porter but i like i kegged it like two days after it was due so i didn't get to throw that in there so but anyway um, I just didn't know if, cause I, I did, I did, I, man, I swear I checked and they said it was like a BJC registered competition. So I'm not hundred percent sure, but I don't know. I just thought, cause they're a sponsor, um, they're my local. So, um, mm-hmm. might be worth looking into just to, I don't know, see if it's oh. worthwhile. Oh, and even to post might, it. Might be a crappy competition. I don't know. And even to post it on the Discord or Facebook just to get some of us to enter it. Um, I think that'd be fun. And if it's a BJCP sanctioned competition, these score sheets will count for Master Homebrew Program. So if anyone's out there looking to get those score sheets too, um, that'll count. So yeah, send me send me the info and we can kind of, I'll, well, I'll have Trevor plan out um, how to kind of get that posted every quarter and how to do, how to do that. Yeah, like Will said, any competition you don't have to pay shipping to is great um, because shipping sucks. It's expensive. I mean, I think my most expensive was, I mean, it was 20 bucks to ship a box across to California, but 20 bucks every weekend to ship beer and then all the all the entry fees and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it adds up. So, um, Josh, any ideas on the time commitment to run a competition? I don't. Are there, um, Steve? I know you were looking into starting yeah. a talk. You think? Do you have any thoughts on that? I'm planning on well, so I'm I'm not having a lot of buy-in from my group right now. Uh, the Green Bay Rackers. Um, the group is, you know, they've been around a long time, and there's not a lot of new blood. I see some smiles. Yes, it's the Green Bay Rackers. Get it? That's. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so we used to have, uh, obviously title town Green, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin is title town. So it used to be called the title town open and it was a big competition for many years. Um, but I proposed that we, and I was going to chair it. It hasn't come to fruition, but so as far as the time commitment, man, I wish I had a better answer, but as I look through all the files, I feel like it is a huge time suck and it's going to be a lot of work. Um, the group wants to do like it in-state only at first, I would love to have it national and shipping, you know, and make it a premier competition. Um, it, but it, I, I don't have a good estimate on it. I, I'm just kind of diving into it and what I plan to do, I haven't talked to my wife about it yet, but I'm hoping to go down and steward at drunk monk because Drunk Monk is coming up and I've got some beers in that one. And I know Dan um, runs a pretty solid competition at that one. So I'd love to kind of see what it all entails 
before I really commit to the re, re, uh, bringing back the title town open. Um, but I, I think there's a market for it. Um, and I would love to do it. But the problem is, is I don't know how much it takes away from my competing then. Cause I love competing too. So I'm like, ah, it, it uh, does Tim, look exhausting. Tim may have some information. Tim's Tim's heavily involved in some of the stuff here in San Antonio. He may have some info on like how much of a time suck it really is and all the stuff that goes into it. Yeah. It, if he's willing to chat. Uh, yeah. If you, um, it's going to differ from club to club. Some clubs are going to have a all day event, <clears> maybe <throat> 10, 12 hours. Others are going to be shorter sessions. So it's really going to depend. But I would highly, highly recommend to find a local club and steward. Uh, the steward yeah. is the best way to get in the pool through the shallow end. You're going to wade in ankle deep. Uh, you're not going to be doing score sheets, but you're going to be sipping beers um, along with the judges, listening to the feedback. If you want to be a better brewer, there's no better way than to listen how judges will critique a beer. Um, and it's it's a great opportunity. Now, there's one caveat. Um, if you are a steward, you cannot steward um, a table where you have an entry. Just like the same with the judge. You can't judge um, if, if you have an entry, which is obvious. Um, that makes now, sense. There's also a couple different ways of stewarding. The one that I prefer, and you know, if I'm head judge, I'm going to make sure it happens, and that is stewards sit at the table with the judges. To me, the judging pool should come from stewards. So that's the best way to get involved into it. The other one is where you have one steward that has maybe four or five tables and they just run around like a waitress, opening bottles, handing them out, and then walking away. I, I don't care mm -hmm. for that. But, you know, sometimes if you don't have stewards, you have to do that. Or sometimes you may have stewards who maybe wives or family members and they have no interest in being a judge. They just want to help out where they're needed. I don't know if Shane can hear me on here. I know he's on here. Uh, I know he's been involved. He's in the Arizona State Homebrewers. Um, that's what it's called, his club, his main club. Well, we're kind of transitioning him into his main club being us <laughs> as the brew club. Um, but yeah. do you have any, do you have any uh, feedback on kind of how much of a time commitment it is to, to run a comp like that? Yeah. Um, can you hear me okay? Um, yeah, so I was on the board for the Arizona Society of Homebrewers last year, and I, I wasn't the uh, comp director, but I worked pretty closely with that guy, and um, there's the stuff that you guys were just talking about. That's more like day of competition mm -hmm. and organizing um, just how to actually execute judging, but I mean, a ton of planning work goes into it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, I think, Steve, you were talking about doing like a, a new competition from the ground up, but Arizona's got two yeah. like open competitions that happen every year. So we, it's not like we have to plan from the ground up. We're just doing the same thing kind of every single year. But um, I mean, yeah, we have a we have a board that meets monthly um, as competitions come up. They're talking a lot about uh, specifics. Um, and yeah, all the logistics of where are you shipping entries, like we actually ship to, if you ship to the Arizona competition, it just goes to one of our members' houses and he's got a huge fridge and he handles it for us. So there's just so much logistics you have to plan. 
Um, and then it sounded like somebody said earlier, you could knock out judging in like a 12 hour day, but that's really dependent on how many judges you have, which is always wow. a struggle for us. Um, like we have the same group of guys, uh, mostly guys um, who will come and ju judge for our competitions, but it's like, it, it takes us multiple weekends to get through a big wow. competition. So um, yeah, just doing all that stuff, it's a lot of work. Well, there's a lot of sponsorships you have to try and get to. There's all sorts of, I imagine, because this isn't free. So yeah. you need to, you know, so there's a lot to chair these things from what I can see. So months of preparation, I would guess. Yep, yeah, exactly. I, I apologize. And, I, yeah. I kind of addressed it from a tactical standpoint rather than the, the big picture, the strategic view. Yep. It's a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. I would never suggest anybody to try to tackle it cold um join another organization and get involved in their planning that way you learn how to do it um or um start small um that's that's the best way because this is something that is uh it's an absolute elephant um it is it is hard to manage and there are so many moving parts and what you're seeing with the judging is just the tip of the iceberg Yeah, that's uh, that's one that I looked into a little bit to do something for just internal for this club. Have 50 entries or something and limit it to a couple different categories. And, and the more I looked into it, because I'd want it to uh, to be BJCP so we could get our master homebrewer scores and stuff like that. And the more I looked into it, the more I, I just realized I couldn't do it just for a, 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 online be a logistical club. nightmare. Oh, it would be, it'd be unbelievable. And especially, I mean, I'm the only member in my area in the brew club. I know like Steve's close. I got Aaron Black and Eau Claire. Like I don't have anyone hyper local to me. So it would be, I mean, I'd be everything. It'd be tough. And then I'd have to recruit judging, which I don't think would be a problem, but everything else would be just, it'd be so hard. So I kind of bailed on that idea. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, applaud the people that do i mean us the huge ones blue bonnet i don't know how the hell they do that i just saw the little reel that they posted online today that they had like a hundred people for sorting day i mean they had a whole room to sort four thousand bottles of beer like even it's nuts i mean drunk monk and midwinter drunk monk's big yeah midwinter had to be 1500 bottles of beer how do you sort that shit out and keep it all straight mm -hmm. it's just it's astounding so it's it it takes an army to do that and i just it, it'll be a lot i mean especially to start it from the ground up yeah. blue bonnets 1400 entries yeah with, with three bottles and per right that was a three bottle yeah that was a three because oh i submitted two entries to that yeah I, it's nuts. I only got one in, and that was i'm like i'm curious to see because i got some pretty shitty feedback on the one beer i sent in last weekend i got some bad it wasn't bad it was a 35. Um, so I'm curious to see, cause I have that in, I haven't drunk monk. I have it in midwinter. I have it in op firm and, um, blue bonnet. So we'll see what happens in there. Yeah. Scott, go for it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do a competition, by all means, start out small. There's allegedly supposed to be a Bach competition on the 27th of April, uh, 
if you've ever heard of Blessing in the Bach, it's been going on here in Milwaukee for about 35 years. And they're going to be running a competition strictly for Bachs. You know, that's it. Uh, no other styles. So I think they're going to limit it to 25 or 30 entries and just that style. So, you know, if you're going to start, like I would say, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, Scott. Don't overdo it. Don't swing through the fences. Uh, and you learn a lot. You learn a lot from your first try at it, and then you go from there. You say, do I want to do this again? Yes or no? Do, can we expand it? You get more people interested. So, you know, you start out slow, and then you go from there. But it is an amazing amount of work. I did steward at a competition six or seven years ago, and I was like a waitress running around from table to table, handing out bottles, handing out crackers, filling out water, that sort of thing. So. It, it is a logistical nightmare. It makes D-Day look easy. <laughs> and uh, Steve, I know, so it unfortunately, it's the, the, the whole kind of series is gone. Uh, but Clarksville Carboys had a series called the Limited Edition. Uh, it was a 40-entry cap, two bottles, so you only got 80 bottles of beer. I say only, but, I mean, smaller than, than some of these other ones. And uh, they limited it, and they had they had club members pick fun themes. So, like, one of them was living in Bavaria. It was only German lagers. One of them was hoppy, so it was only the hoppy beers. This last one um, was only, like, Christmas-themed beers, which I know is subjective, but um, so small. I mean, small. Mm -hmm. They accepted shipping, but it was mo it, they didn't advertise it, so it was mostly club stuff. I mean help post it to your club and to this club and you're going to get entries for like something right. small and specialized like that like that and and then expand from there because i know they they expanded into like the new self brew off is now their big competition that they're focusing on so that's that's an option too and yeah that's i'd enter and i'd judge so that'd be yeah there you go there. <laughs> there's one person so Anyone else have any questions, comments, input that they want to share on competing? Any funny stories? What's the worst score sheet you guys all, all have gotten? Mm. Or the worst Very score? first one. I got a score sheet from Beer Me Brew Cup. I mean, I don't want to name any names. Um, but in Aroma, it said Malt Aroma. <laughs> 5 out of 12. <laughs> That's bad. What, what does that mean? Because if you assume that aroma is redundant, then basically they just said malt, five out of twelve. I, that sounds pretty good to me. I like malty beers. <laughs> I was judging one. Smells too much like beer. Five out of twelve. <laughs> I was judging once and I had a beer that was so bad. I told the other judge, I said. I pulled a $10 bill out of my wallet. I said, I will give this guy his $10 back if I don't have to write a score sheet. Oof. Oof. It, it, it was honestly that bad. Oof. I have a, I have a local buddy who went to, he drove to Hoppy Halloween to judge and he said he drank one that was like, he opened it and he smelled it and he was like, it was straight baby vomit, like that butyric mm. acid. Oh. And he's, and he had to drink it and judge it and be, objective and critical and and give proper feedback but he's like that sucked like i i had to shred that beer because it was it was bad i was spoiled but mm. he's like that was the nastiest thing 
<laughs> that he could have tasted. So, I mean, yeah, baby vomit, I guess that's probably the lowest you can get. My my lowest score sheet was a 16 on that alt beer that Clay seems to think wasn't that bad, but it was. And you I got, got a 16, 16 on it. On that I didn't think it was that bad. Whoa. I, I, mean, I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was 16 bad, but it was. It was definitely not 16 bad. Where does that where does that fall? What it what because there's those those uh, brackets that they say world class this that. What is the 16 state? Like, what do they say? That's got. to I know that. I, yeah, there's or significantly flawed or something. I don't remember what. I'm just curious what that one is. Oh god. Oh, here's a score sheet. All right, let me pull this up here. That that Can't was imagine. by far the lowest. I got a my Hellas that I scored a, a 48 on, which I'm like this is. Yeah. A fucking amazing beer it's it's, well, it's fantastic world class there and i'm like i gotta send this in to to nhc because i'm gonna i'm gonna t- i'm gonna win best of show at nhc and i got a 22 at nhc so oh so Ooh. um oh. fair is the category fair okay. by two points i i was fair by two if i would have got a 13 it would have been or a 14 it would have been problematic but I got Ooh, okay okay <laughs> i'll take that all right fair Aaron, go for it. He's on mute. Muted. <laughs> for the judges, um, do they get to pick the tables or sign up for tables that they want to judge, or is it all random? You can. I, I watched a review of this dude reviewing the Guinness, 0% Guinness, and he's drinking it, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of terrible. It's syrupy, blah, blah. And he's like, but I hate regular Guinness. I'm like, well, then why are you evaluating this beer? <laughs> so, like, if you can, like, are people evaluating beers that they absolutely hate, or how does that work? You, you shouldn't be. Yeah, you can request, like, I, I know, whatever. I fucking hate smoke beers. I can't stand yep. them. I can't do it. Um, I, I put it when I, you can, you can request to not judge smoke beers, and then you also have to request to not judge your own beer, of course. If you have a, a beer in the category, you can't. They don't want you to judge those tables. Um, but yeah, you can you can request to not judge certain beers. Um, but I know sometimes they just can't help it, depending on the amount of judges they have. So sometimes you get you get stuck with shit. I've had competitions that they ask for preferred styles as well. Um, and if and then if you if there's any styles you don't like to judge to note those, but you know you like you said sometimes you can get stuck with crap too scott you're the one that had the the butyric acid beer did you hear my story yes i am yes i did (laughs) brought back i had a little ptsd there for a second (laughs) i don't think i've ever tasted butyric acid myself but uh i i think i know if my beer had baby vomit in it so i've avoided that one so far As I think one judge that was sitting next to me, you have to try in order to actually get your beer infected that badly. <laughs> I don't even remember what butyric acid forms from because it's not oxidation. That's just got to be a random shitty infection. Well, yeah, that's that's about all I got. If Unless anyone else has anything else here, we can kind of wrap it on up and get everybody out of here. I mean, for recipe formulation, I use Mean Brews a lot. That guy's got a super cool YouTube channel. 
That's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, equals from like the most recent uh, first like gold medal winning recipes from a bunch of different competitions. And so like I use Brewfather. I know a lot of us do. You know, he's got his own Brewfather account, so you can go in to Brewfather in the, uh, the cloud or whatever, whatever they call it, and just look up whatever recipe you're looking for, and he'll be right there. He's usually within, like, the first, you know, five or seven mean brews. So if you go into the library and type mean and that period, then all of his recipes show up all at once. So that's... Yeah. I, I use that too. I, I I love his recipes and I kind of start there and then iterate myself based on kind of what I have available. Exactly. I use him for my water chemistry because he's yeah. done so many brews. If I'm trying to dial in a water chemistry, I'll start with his and kind of play with it from there. Yeah, that's, that's one aspect of brewing that I have I, just surface level knowledge. And I've just resorted to the fact that I don't have a clue what I'm going to do with water chemistry so i'm just going to find someone else that does and just follow them and <laughs> kind of go off that so yeah mean brews is a great resource for that for what it's worth i've published all my award winners on the brewfather library as well they're not some of them are pretty high ranking but I, so I, I, every every time i medal every time i medal i do share it so i, I think i follow you on there too yeah, I don't know. you're you're still My, under Doth Brewing, right? I am. Yeah, I'm trying. They the guy won't he won't edit it to allow you to change your brewery name. So I'm like, oh, fine. That's <laughs> I've I, I've asked him, but he he whatever. That's a minor thing. But oh yeah, there's a I have your Doppelbach recipe saved because I got to brew that shit. Yeah, that I, one's a good one. I haven't had good luck with Doppelbach yet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an awesome resource. Is that is that library yeah. page? If you guys aren't on Heck Blue yeah. Father. Switch. The Beersmith yeah, is awesome. Like Beersmith is like Windows ninety eight. Yep. <laughs> and and Brewfather is like iOS whatever. Well, on the, if you're on the Brewfather Facebook page, he's very active in responding. So like you can just tag the guy. That's that's how I asked him. Like yeah, I mean you you literally just can say hey man. Can we get this? And then you, and he, or I was having a glitch with my Samsung phone one time and he's like, take screenshots. And I sent it to him like, oh, I found this, whatever the hell was wrong. So he's the Thomas, uh, Thomas Gangsroy, Gangsroy. I don't know how to pronounce. He's not from America, but um, I don't know what country he's from. But anyway, he's very, very active. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a Discord uh, server for it too. Oh, Same nice. thing. You, oh, you can sweet. just. I didn't know that. You can just. Yeah. I didn't yeah, there's. Know. On his yeah. Discord uh, server, there's actually like I don't look at it, but I can tell there's like a, there's a channel that shows like all of his code changes. So if oh, you were, that's cool. If you if you wanted to see that stuff, like he's, he's updating it all the time. Oh yeah, the the twenty bucks we pay a year for premium. When people are like, "Can I get it for half off?" I'm like, uh, "No, it's worth it's worth double." That worked praying. You were what twenty bucks a year is stupid. What is Beersmith now? Beersmith was like thirty or thirty-five bucks when I was when I was using that. So I think I it's pick. a one-time though. I think oh. Beersmith, you buy the license. Yeah, when you update it though, you have to because he's done updates and then you have to buy the new or else. Oh, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Like there's, yeah. I think we're on version <clears throat> three or four now or something like that because they've been giving away, you know, codes at local competitions and stuff like that. But I, I'm, it, it's, it's like one of those things when you put down your uh, literate and Excel on like a job <laughs> application. That's kind yeah. of the way I look at Beersmith. Like I'm beers, I'm Beersmith like literate, but I'm much more proficient in Brewfather. Yeah, it, it was a hard switch. I I was a Beersmith user, and I had all my recipes organized in folders. I loved it. It was so clean, but I hated like the mobile application sucked. I never used oh, it. God awful. I, I had to be computer and hooked to the internet, and I just. Not that I'm never brewing, I'm, I'm ever brewing without internet, but it was just having it on my phone and the timers and all that stuff. It's so convenient with Brewfather. So, yeah. And I mean, please, sure. everyone switch. Awesome. You know, craft beer brewing and, you know, uh, brew your own magazine you know those are great mm-hmm. i get all my recipe and i don't get all my recipes from those guys but you know I, I formulate all my recipes based on a bunch of those people and you know that's what those i spend are... time on is just tweaking recipes and shit oh 100 i got a million recipes built that i will never ever brew but i like no, them. <laughs> I'll just, I come up with like names and I'll just write a recipe, like a half-ass recipe for the name. And I may, I may never brew it. Who knows? Right. Oh yeah. I, I have a whole list of like new ideas that I opened the other day and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't looked at this folder in like three years. I should probably brew something out of it. And then I added a bunch of them and then I just, I haven't looked at it since. So that, that happens way too often where just random ideas pop into my head and I'll never brew it. I know that, but that's a it's it's fun. It's fun. And if creating. anybody wants to check out their beers, you know, do a dry run, you're more than welcome to send them to me. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you honest feedback. No. <laughs> Wait, Aaron and I did a nice swap. Uh, he sent me his porter, his saison, and his masher luck beer, and I sent him a few back. And we've been doing that, like giving really critical feedback. Yeah. And I, I think that's been awesome. It's helped me just like think about the beers I'm tasting. I, I've, I know who brewed them. I know what style they are, but like it, that's been really nice. So I, I love swapping beers with anybody in this club. I, I've been, I've done it. I can't even count how many times I've swapped beers, but I know I have Aaron's bottle is up in my display. Shane's bottle is up in my bottle display. Like I got everyone that sent me like a cool freaking label or something like that i kept the bottle and i'm like this is it's just neat it's it's neat to swap that and then just remember those beers so yeah i gotta step my label game up i don't have any i just send blank blank ass bottles that's oh, where yeah. my, my creativity draws a line there i don't do <laughs> labels aren't my thing i uh I took it to a whole new step with Aaron's. I, I sent him commercial bottles. I didn't even rip the labels off. I just put a piece of masking tape over the label and then wrote my wrote what beer it was on there. So it was it was real classy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was awesome. I didn't uh, get to your um, your mixed firm saison. Um, I'm going to get to it tomorrow because obviously I'm at work. But um, 
Yeah, it's really nice. You know, Haven's um, feedback is much more in depth than mine. He's definitely better with uh, describing things and, and wording it out. And uh, it's really good feedback to get because, you know, I what's nice is like, I didn't tell him anything about the beer other than the style. And so didn't tell him what was in it, whatever, just to see if he'd pick stuff out. And um, it was really good feedback to get for sure. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, I, I'm never judged a competition before, but just getting into that mindset of, I know what this beer is and I know what it should be. And then judging it to that, I, that was fun. And I, I, I don't know how to organize something like that within the club. I mean, outside of like, I know we do brew Santa and stuff like that, where we send beers, but I wonder if there's some way to, uh, we used to have that BJCP kind of thing where we judge about- think without cutting it up into like regions it would be almost impossible to like have one hub to like then split up i mean you'd have to do like a northeast region southeast region maybe midwest region i feel like that'd be the only way to do it i i was almost thinking like if people are interested in bjcp stuff like we we partner them up and we send beers to you send beers to one person, they send you beers back, and then you judge those with a score sheet, and all they tell you is the style. I I don't know. I don't know if people would actually sign up for that and do it. Um, I mean, we have a lot of participation in Brew Santa, but just to get that, that like this, you're getting a amber ale. Judge it, and it, and we could throw a curveball in there if you want to. If you have an off-flavor standard kit, dose it with something. See if they pick that up. Dose it with with DMS and see if they can if they can figure that out. Because I I can't pick up DMS. I haven't. I've tried. I have an off-flavor kit here, and I've dosed some beers with like ungodly amounts, and it it takes a lot for me to pick that up. So that'd be kind of cool too to to do that. I don't know if that'd be um, something that the club's interested in, but we got we got also we got a whole notebook of ideas. What you could do in the in the light of that is to pick a particular style and then go to the BJCP guidelines and find classic examples. So everybody goes to buy whatever, um, Anchor Steam's California Common, or, or what, just for an example. Mm-hmm. So if everybody has the same beer, you pop it, you smell the aroma, you're looking at the BJCP guidelines for aroma, then we discuss aroma. Then you get down to flavor and you're you're that way everybody's using the same commercial example that's a perfect example for a given style and then you just do different styles funny you mentioned that we actually that's what we did with um celebration ale a couple years ago uh, I, uh was it last year or that may have even been 2022 um one celebration came out we had everybody pick some up and then we always just sent everybody a blank score sheet and everyone filled it out. And then we jumped on a meeting to chat about it. So that was really fun. It's, it's, That's interesting. It, it was really cool. Um, it was, we all knew the beer. I mean, celebrations fucking top of the line. So we're like, ah, that, that kind of, that subconscious bias of, you know, it's going to be a good beer because it's celebration. Um, but it it was still an interesting exercise. I don't think Brian Summers is on tonight, but he was one that kind of ran that for us, because um, he's I think he's a national judge. Um, so that was, it was a blast to to do that. I almost thought of somehow getting people to sign up, and we'd have to limit it pretty. I mean, maybe to like 
10 or 12 people um and i buy the same commercial beer i buy 12 of them i strip them of labels so i'll scrape all the labels off and i'll send them out and you you know the style that you get but you don't know what beer it is you have no idea other than you're getting a, a hellas and you have to judge it and then we all get together and talk about that so i thought about that it's a lot of work but that'd be that'd be a fun one too um so there's interest in that i could always re-up that with the leadership and see if they uh they want to jump in on that um but i think that'd be fun too because then everyone gets the same beer from kind of the same batch and uh judge it that way so there's there's some things but yeah it's kind of tough to judge to do things uh virtually in that respect speaking of labels um the, i just started using the uh the scent free dye free oxyclean you want to talk about melting labels off like oh yeah i took I, I i soaked mine some some bottles i had laying around for just hot water and that scent free uh, dye free oxyclean and uh the next day pulled them out clean as a whistle not a not a like no no straightening no scrubbing nothing just went done it i'm we're spoiled. I know Steve and, and Scott were kind of spoiled around here with New Glarus because if you drink New Glarus, their labels just peel off like under hot water. It's awesome. No adhesive, no nothing. Um, but others are just it's such a bitch to get that adhesive off. And I have to use Gooby Gone and I just I hate using that. I don't want that smell or that chemical remaining behind, but sometimes it's necessary. Um and PBW, yeah, it just doesn't really do it sometimes. Yeah, PBW has always been, uh, I, I used to use it, and then it would, you know, with like, because I primarily use the Sierra Nevada bottles, um, just because they're shorter and easier to kind of fit in coolers and stuff like that. And then with the PBW, I always had to like scrape off and scrub off. But I found that, so the uh, the Craftmeister, uh it was the oxygen brewery wash, and then I just started using the the OxyClean. Just melts them. I mean, the the labels were literally like starting to disintegrate in the solution. They just fell straight off. Really? Yeah, yeah. Pulled them straight out, and everything was was squeaky clean. Didn't have to do. Didn't have to scrub anything. Wow. And that's like. Have you used three- straight baking soda? No. I, that's what I use, oh, and cool. usually twenty minutes in baking soda, baking soda and water. You pick the bottle up, and the label slides off. Sweet. Now it's not the uh, vinyl labels. Vinyl labels is a different beast. Yeah, those, those yeah. I, I don't even try to remove those. I'll just keep those for like my, my personal bottles for testing. I'll I'll still fill them with beer, but I won't send them anywhere because those peeling off are just terrible. But yeah, I've never tried baking soda or like Will says isopropyl. I've never tried that either. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea too. Yeah, new glarus. I mean, you like a minute under hot water. You just get the paper wet and then you mm-hmm. just kind of scrape it off and there's nothing there. And it's it's, it's wonderful. There's not too many of the breweries around that will that are still they're like the overlap between the, the breweries that are still bottling and the ones that are using the vinyl labels. I feel like there's a little not too much overlap these days which i i struggle if i don't buy 
bottles just outright. I mean, it's New Glarus, and that's pretty much it around here. I mean, yeah. there's a few on the shelves, but not like it was very few. I mean, even five years ago, it was all bottles. I I would I had so many, and I threw them all out, and now I regret it because now I have to buy. So once they start accepting, no. What's up? What's I just do the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale now because that's what's always around. And that that is at my, I mean, that's at two gas stations and a grocery store within a block of my house. So I should probably start mm-hmm. doing that. But so is Spotted Cow so, and Moon Man. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, I had the, if I had the chance to just go out and, you know, buy Spotted Cow, I probably would. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's like everything that's local to whoever, like you get sick of it. I, that's that's very um, true. That's very true. It's, it's so accessible. Like a mile. I, yeah. As I say, I'm like a mile from Lambeau Field. And it's like, oh, yeah, look, that's where the Packers play. Cool. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Spartacow yeah. is the same for us. Like, yeah, it's great. But none of us drink it anymore very much. I mean, <laughs> I, I very rarely drink like Tropicalia. Yeah. Just the way but it is. To us, it's like, like super, the cool shit. Yeah. Yeah crazy popular everywhere else and i'm just like eh. yep. <laughs> yeah that's what, that's why i sent spotted cow in my secret santa shit this year because like well nobody's out of state they're, they're gonna want spotted cow obviously yeah <laughs> every time i do a swap in this club i'm always like hey and i know you're not from wisconsin have you had spotted cow and a lot of i know Al, i think alex was on the meeting earlier he he lived in green bay he wanted it he's like send me a couple cans i'm like shit all right like that's that's fucking easy <laughs> for me um i don't have to find any other crazy beers to send you like i can just send you what's at yeah, the normal ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which i've had and spotted cow is very good but you know yeah, it is I, i'd much rather get some weird you know off the off the wall stuff from from other places that that's, I don't know, so, so, you know, with some of the stuff that I send out, you know, I'll send, send out some normal stuff from around here, but mm-hmm. oh, I try to I'm throw sh- off the wall things. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with people that live in California who have access to Russian River at the grocery store. Like, they, they don't give a shit about Pliny the Elder anymore. I just but, got some Pliny, I, I just got some Pliny from a friend that lives in Colorado. Really? Don't know how or where he found it, but he was like, hey guys, have you ever heard of this beer? And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna need you to send me some of that. <laughs> I, It was pretty damn good when I had it, but I'm wondering yeah. if it was part of the hype. I, I really want to try Blind Pig, and I don't think I'll ever get the chance, but like Pliny the Younger, I'd love to be all over that. Um, no, Pliny, yeah, yeah I've, I've always wanted to try Pliny the Younger. Er, uh, I don't think Eric Hagen joined us tonight. He is sending me a package on Monday with one of the most rare beers in the world. And I'm not going to say the name because Scott's on this meeting and I'm going to share it with him. Um, and I'm not going to tell him what it is until I bring it over to his house. <laughs> um, but like that, I think that's the amazing part of this club is we're like, I'm knocking so many cool fucking beers off my, you sent me New oh, Realm. Yeah. Like I've had Hill Farm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Realm's like nothing, you know, I can get well. I mean, I have to go because I live in podunk ass nowhere so i got gotta go a little <laughs> way down the road but um new realms nothing you know nothing crazy to find uh, i need to go down there i need to go down there and get something cool from the actual brewery send it up to you see and for me like mitch Steele, i'm like that like the 
fucking godfather of IPA around here. And it's it's just the coolest shit. I have one of the Oktoberfest cans that you sent me on my on my little display because mm-hmm. New Realm is that was so freaking cool that I yeah. got to try some of his beer. It yeah, it's crazy how that regionality really kind of kind of splits everything like that. Speaking of a little sad news, I guess the uh, the brewery that that I used to work really closely with is actually in the process of shutting their doors now. Shit. Yeah. A story we are seeing a lot. Yeah, it's oh. rough, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of out of out of the well. I mean, I don't know. We kind of saw the writing on the wall for a little while, but still kind of out of the blue. Just you know, poor poor business decisions, and a little bit of bad luck, and I know, stuff happened. I, I think we're in for a couple of years of downturn in brewing and home brewing. I believe so. Even yeah. the the AHA, I know we shared it in the Discord. Um, that AHA eliminated both director positions, yeah. uh, so they are not represented on the uh, Brewing Association board anymore. Interesting. And with the wow. the um, homebrew con combination with Great American Beer Fest, I mean it's it's kind of things uh, are. That's yeah. That's not a good. I. I was, I, I was committed this year after, I mean, we had a bunch of people from the brew club go in San Diego and I was like, that I, I, I wanted to do too. I, I was like, I was like, yeah. hell yeah, I'm going, I'm setting aside the money. I'm going to get out there. And then when they announced it was going to be combined, I was like, that is nope. going to be a shit show. It's just going to be a disaster. There's no well, way it's done. We're going to get overlooked by Great American Beer Fest because that's still bringing in tons of people and tons of money. Yeah. And it's it's just not going to turn out. And I just, I don't care for that. So I'd be curious where it goes in future years if this year is even worth pursuing. I don't know. Because if they I, keep it with... I'm not going to bother. No. I would, I, I, would, I would much rather, just like uh, Alex was talking about, I would much rather go to something with the with this club i feel like we could put on i mean obviously it's not going to be like you know super crazy or anything but you know i think that's what's going to have to happen uh with with homebrewing in general is we're going to have to kind of go under like not underground i guess but you know stick to the club stick to the community and kind of outlast and then you know well it's cyclical it'll all come back around It'll it'll build back and yeah in a couple decades, but yeah I Marshall reached out and said that and and we were tossing around some ideas and we're like because I know Will might be able to speak to this more, but I know Brewlosophy was talking about combining with Yakima Valley and trying to do like a hop harvest party and stuff oh like that. We're like shit if we could like all join in on that and I know Washington's a far way to to go, but. Fuck it, I'll book a flight. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that that'd be some cool to go down to Yakima that'd and be like, so cool. Pick your own hops and freaking yeah. drink a bunch oh. of fresh beer. Like, I'd be all over that. I'd go. Uh, I'd... Like white on rice, man. I would. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, Stuff like that is way more. I don't want to go sit in fourteen different uh, <laughs> lectures about you know water chemistry, and then yeah. Get blasted off of somebody's 14 percent homebrew or whatever it it'd be a 
I mean, it'd be an undertaking, but there's there's rumbling. So we'll we'll see what actually comes from it, and we'll see what happens with with uh, HomebrewCon this year. But I, I I wanted to go, and I'm I'm there's no chance in hell I'm going when it's combined yeah. with GDF. Absolutely not, not. Even though Bierstadt is in you know arm's length of where it's going to be held i'm that's still not worth it for me to get I out mean, there Den- like the the flight to denver the flights to denver aren't terrible but like i mean to go for the whole the whole time is what a hundreds 150 plus dollars a day or more oh, yeah and like not to mention the hotel like uh yeah no, there's but no way i mean you're talking be- about thousand fifteen hundred dollars to begin with oh and if you want to stay anywhere close i mean it'd be it'd be two grand i mean easy yeah. and that's and when we're gonna get uh, undoubtedly undermined by gabf there's there's no way oh, 100%. No way i can do it so i i get it i mean i get they have to save costs somewhere but that's i mean that's, I, why wouldn't you just you know hey we're gonna do this we're, we're gonna we're rolling it back to every other year yeah. Why not? Why not get or you know? Why not do that? I mean, that seems like a why instead of having a half-assed one every year, why not you know scale it back? We're gonna do this every other every third year, or whatever. You know, make it make I, it worth people's time to come out. I wonder if they will after this. I really do. I I think it's it, my opinion is it's gonna be so much of a shit show this year that. That like, I mean, there's gonna be logistical nightmares everywhere, and I think they're gonna be like, "Hey guys, this did not work. <laughs> We're gonna have to scale back a lot, and you know, we're gonna have to move to like a every two years, every three years model, or or they just you know postpone it indefinitely until they can figure something out." And and that sucks because NHC is so big. Um, so if you're not getting all those people together, you're not going to run as big of an NHC. Exactly, yeah. Which and they have to scale back NHC. You know, I mean, maybe uh, just you you got to move with you got to move and flow with the way homebrewing is going. You know, or, the hobby yeah. is scaling back. You got to scale back your stuff too. And or you, I know, like the judging sites are only set, what are they sending the top three entries per category? I mean, you you could bring in the conversation back to competing. You could theoretically get someone like the organizers of Blue Bonnet involved and try to get that judging pool going and just do it over multiple weekends. I, I mean, there's yeah. ways to do it, but yeah. We could do it regionally. Yeah. Just like they're doing it now. I mean, you could just scale it back to, you know, hey, we're going to send the, we're going to send the best of shows from, you know, this region, you know, southeast region, northeast region, midwest region, you know, southwest region, and then to like a central location, do that there, and then do like an online. You know, there's ways they can do yeah. it. You know, yeah, but. it'd be. I'll I'll be curious. I I know nobody was excited about the GABF news, and oh god, no, yeah. I I'd be really curious to see participation this year. And what's going to happen but i think it's going to be shit and i think that sucks for us the guys that are ready to go and ready to participate in this yeah. thing um but we'll, well see but then, then that i mean i feel like that i feel like it sucks yeah but 
that's going to open up an opportunity for us to come in and kind of fill that niche into like it's it's i i think home brewing is going to have to go the way brew like craft brewing is going to where it's starting to hyper localize oh yeah i mean obviously this is different because online you can mm-hmm. do stuff online but with you know with brewing these places you're seeing a lot of the places that we've seen in georgia that have shut down are the like the the middle of the road guys that were pre i mean we're still three three tier system down here years ago we had to do the uh educational tours of the facility we paid some uh, you know 12 to 15 dollars to get 36 ounces worth of tastings blah 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 um and then when that law changed in 2017, the the whole landscape drastically changed to where those breweries that were set up for production, like 75% production, 25% taproom sales, were then f- flopped on their head. Yeah. They had to basically support their production side with their taproom, but their taprooms weren't made to handle the needs of like running a whole business and you're seeing a lot of those places shut down and then now the business model is hyper local small tap room with food and seltzers and wine and all that other bullshit oh it, you're seeing the same thing here too i, I mean know, yeah. every sure. little town has their own brewery um i i said i know i sent you mosany brewing i mean that's in a town mm-hmm. of two thousand people it's freaking tiny it's a great place and they make good beer um mm-hmm. but it's it's tiny and they do very little self-distribution like that's that's the market and that's what people are going towards and those middle guys are going to get yeah kind of pushed out yeah i mean the the big guys are going to have the success because they've got you know they've grown the roots they've got you know the setup and then the middle guys are the ones that suffer and and that's the the, you know the brewery that i worked with for a long time Mm. they were just set up to be that that mid-sized production brewery that kind of supplied the, you know, the outside the perimeter kind of pushing down into the the North Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. And it didn't ever pan out like that since the laws changed. And it was, it was a a long journey. You know, I never worked there full time, thank God. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I would, I would help out my buddies that brewed there and stuff like that. And, I tried my hand at sales and worked on the bar a bunch and it was, it was tough. It was tough going, man. That's why I never, I'll, I'll, I'll never start a brewery. <laughs> I have I'm, no desire. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Hanging out in my basement and brewing like a, a hermit. And that's, yes. that's about that. That's I, the logistics behind it is crazy. I can see the chat come through. Hope you guys are enjoying this uh, Clay and Haven <laughs> conversation that this has evolved into. Chris, I actually think that's probably Nate that joined in here. Um, yeah, a lot of migration towards tap houses, but food or restaurants. Um, one of our local, I, and if I if I know, I think that's Nate Kreffel that's on the meeting. Um, Oso's, which is right down from his uh, his road or his house, 
um they were they were kind of the, the middle guy i worked there for a couple months and they were ones that distributed kind of regionally um were huge on distribution with kegs and cans and all sorts of shit and they moved into this huge production facility and then the the model changed and now they're stuck in this humongous building with a huge system and a ton of room for barrel aging and all sorts of shit just trying to find it out and it's not working yeah yep have a good one steve and uh they they've pivoted and they've they've had they got the food and i i feel like they've kind of pulled back into more of a localized kind of thing so i think they're one of the lucky ones that survived yeah you have to well if you have the so the the problem with the brewery that i worked with so they ended up so originally you know i think i sent i think i sent you uh, an original sticker when the when the business was built it was left nut brewing company oh i don't think i have one of those no i've got a few more left i'll send you the next time i'll send you some stuff um which everybody loved, uh, you know, because it was funny. <laughs> um, but they were running into a lot of issues with distri- distribution because the like the chain restaurants and chain grocery stores, when they would pass that up the line, they'd be like, "No, yeah, we're not going to have left nut, you know, whatever in our yeah. you know, shelves or in our tap room or whatever." So they ended up, you know, having to kind of pivot and spend a whole bunch of money on a rebrand a few years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, well, and it was like the it was the most half-assed rebrand in the history of they they ended up rebranding to Liquid Nation, which is like the most boring, like <laughs> vanilla name in the history. So they they renamed and they spent you know money on doing all that and then rebranding all the kegs and all this and that. Oh, so then, you know, the bunch of uh, poor business decisions and and partnering with people that they should have never partnered with and, you know, pushing, pushing beyond the limits of what the what the system could do. And uh, the the head brewer who was in his 60s at the time, who's my brewing mentor, mm-hmm. uh, he had a mountain bike wreck and then he's you know he, he damaged some vertebrae in the neck he's still you know rehabbing and kind of recovering from that they had to they scaled down their brew house from it was him and another buddy of mine and then it was just that buddy of mine running the whole show a 30 barrel brew house with four 60 barrel fermenters and a and a um a Blickman one barrel uh, pilot badge system. So he was running everything by him and a canning and a canning line. He was running everything by himself. My God. For like two years. That's so, just. Uh, yeah. Oh, it was nuts. I was like, this is the wildest. So they never, they never had the, the breweries that had the cap that have the capital to like reinvest in themselves to do the food and then the tap room and all that stuff like that are the ones that survive unfortunately mm-hmm. <clears throat> instead of instead of uh like re kind She's of got... into the tap room stuff they kind of doubled down on the production oh yeah like they're like mm, you know we're just gonna 
pump more money into production. We're going to pump more capital in that. And I think that's ultimately what, you know. What what killed them. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't. And then another couple of breweries built in town down here in Gainesville um, that were much better established breweries. And they have food options. And they have, you know, all the other bullshit that comes along with seltzers and ciders and all that yeah uh, spirits and spirits is a big thing now like if you're if you're a brewery and you're not in the spirits game you're it's you're, you're messing up it's starting to become more popular around here and the yeah. laws are, are tough to get by on circumvent unless you're making it all i mm-hmm. we have a distillery that makes beer here um but it's hard to get liquor service at a brewery up here just because of the laws which is stupid because that's everyone wants all everyone wants everything at every place mm-hmm. which yeah i get it i like joseph's comment should have went with two boys hanging for the name instead of left nut <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately yeah, i was part of the naming committee that was before i joined on i i was there i came along during the build out process and all oh. I was working a job that I was doing a swing shift, and then uh, I had some weird days off during the week, so I'd just go over there and help those guys out. And mm-hmm. yeah, left nut. Yeah, they they actually had to they had to go to court in Gainesville to get the name approved. No shit. So, like they were. Oh yeah, they wanted to they wanted to shut it down like immediately. They were like, no, absolutely not. I mean, this is like. <laughs> Not quite like rural Georgia, but not quite not rural Georgia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they were not having it, so they really had to. They had to go to bat for the name, like hard. Wow! It took, like, I think the better part of a year, if not a year, to kind of push that through and get it and get it done. I guess and, shit. Uh, I, I I get doing what you want to do, but damn, I can't imagine the money they spent on that shit. I see, yeah, and fortunately, I was I, I I never involved myself in any of the financial stuff. That wasn't I was like I don't want to ask questions and get answers that <laughs> make me uncomfortable. So, um, but yeah, it was a it was a long hard road uh, that I got to be a small part of, and you know it sucks that it's kind of going going the way of the you know dodo these days, but you know. Stuff happens, man. That's uh, we're gonna we're gonna see a restructuring of the whole, whole everything. And I we're we're like hyper focused. All of us are are hyper involved in this whole industry and and watching it. And I think we all kind of check out what's going on with breweries and home brewing supply shops and all that shit. But I think that's happening everywhere. That's it's, a big one. No, I know. Uh we've really only got in georgia we've really only got two i mean well wow. I don't know about south georgia i highly doubt there's any in south georgia but up here there's really only two there's one in alpharetta and there's one in grayson and the guy in grayson is has become very tough to work with very tough to like oh. he is he's basically just checked out of the whole thing like it's it's yeah. tough you know trying to order stuff for him and i know the uh the guy in alpharetta he's great we love you know our club loves him to death mm-hmm. we try to 
there as much as we can. And I mean, it takes me like an hour and a half to get down there. Shit. Yeah. So, you know, when I go down there, I try to plan out my whole, my whole day. And, um, you know, he's, he's getting up into his seventies, I think. So he's, so it's coming. I mean, we have, I mean, word on the street is like, you know, he's probably not going to be doing this for much longer. He's looking to kind of sell out and, and I mean, at that point, yeah, we've we've almost eliminated all of our local homebrew shops. And that's, I mean, I do most of my ordering from either More Beer or Atlantic Brew Supply now. Yeah, that's um, the way it's gone. Which sucks. And I try to I try to support those guys as much as I can. But I'm like, you know, when I call, like I called, called the guy in Grayson up the other day. Because I try to flip flop back and forth. And I was like, hey, can I order some stuff? And he's like, ah you know, I really don't feel like ordering this stuff, you know, because I don't want to have to order this and have it hang around. I'm like, whatever, like, brother, <laughs> I, I, you got to meet me in the middle here somewhere. I don't know how to help you out. I can't help you out if you can't, you know, it takes me, it's a 50, I mean, it's a 50 mile drive, 50, 60 mile drive. Yeah, that's, that's a commitment you know, to get there. So. I've, uh, Nathan, Nate, and Scott, I know Scott just left. We just lost our local homebrew. Um, and they started as a homebrewer, like a homebrew supply store. And then they built the Oso's brewery that I was just talking about. And then they just they just killed their store. And they'll do like bulk greens and just like simple shit, wine yeah. stuff. But they, they kill it. Not that their store was overly expansive, but it was always not like I'd I buy all my bottles there, all my bulk grains. I'd, and if I go there for bulk grains, I'm going to stock up on all the stuff I need. And, but I get it. I mean, having a physical store these days is just. Yeah, it'd be tough. It's, it's tough. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I, that's I'm trying to. Uh, so our, you know, I'm president of my local club this year, you know, and, and that kind of got sprung on me in January that, you know, that <laughs> L&D was shutting down because. Because my goal this year was to make, because beforehand we would we would rotate between members' houses for meetings. And I was mm-hmm. like, guys, if we want to make this kind of like a legit, you know, we're a small club, but I was like, eh, if we want to grow membership a little bit, we probably need to have this at like a neutral site because it's kind of creepy to like, oh, hey, cool to dude, someone's house, I yeah. come over to Jim Bob's house, you know, <laughs> and is we're gonna have a meeting in his basement. Um, so my plan was, oh yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll have them at L and B and, and then that got sprung on me in January and I was like, oh God, so now I'm trying to pivot and try to find another brewery around or business around that we can have meetings at. And that's been fun. And so. Oh, and it all depends on local legislation. I know ours, it's, I mean, it's Wisconsin. Our liquor laws aren't terribly tight. Uh, so we're able to bring homebrew into into breweries and we go to the local one here in in mm-hmm. my town and it's it's great i mean i love it but yeah it's it's hard to to circumvent some of that shit and it just depends on how how comfortable the business is with it because if yeah. they don't want to lose their licensing either so i, I get it on both sides yeah it sucks but yeah, but yeah going, going to someone else is not ideal and i i uh, I've only been president now for this will be my second month, and I can tell you already, it's uh, being president of a local homebrew club is interesting. 
Oh yeah, I I can imagine. Grown men to get together and make a decision is really fun. That's <laughs> I I love the way the brew club works. Every anyone just throws out an idea and we have a leadership chat and then someone says, okay, that sounds good. So then we just do it. Mm-hmm. That's so that's that's what one thing that I've adopted. So I tried I tried the Google survey thing and you Did know you... what a bunch of old white dudes don't want to do. It's Google fill out internet surveys. They fucking hate that. So I think I'm going to have to do that. You know, I'm going to scale that back a lot. But I did establish like a real small leadership group. And then we have like a text chain that that I started. That seems to be helping the the process a lot. You have to do like a paper survey, like make a Google form and then just print it out and have them check the boxes. And then that's so yeah. That the one <laughs> thing I'm trying to do this year is merch because we've we've fucked around and not done anything with merch in the past few years. So next meeting, I'm literally gonna type out like a physical sheet and take it to the meeting and be like, "All right, Grandpa, what do you guys want? here's here's your." Sign the form because I know if I send you an email, you're gonna ignore it. Um, yeah, I'm glad all you guys fill out surveys because that makes our well, lives. I mean, there's really no other way for us to get. I mean, well, I mean, if we've yeah. all our way to Discord, so we're all pretty comfortable with the internet as it. Like, if I mentioned Discord to my <laughs> homebrew club. They would probably shit their pants. Like, <laughs> there's no way they could wrap their head around Discord. Oh, uh, it's, I mean, it took me a little bit to get comfortable with the whole thing, and and now I know it. But I mean, it, yeah, shit. I, that's that's yeah. kind of like the new wave of of technology. <laughs> yeah, I, I I much prefer this over like a Facebook or an Instagram or any any sort of like. I I didn't have too much experience with this before, um, the group mm-hmm. club. But I feel like this is set up really well, and the community is really good here, so it makes it makes it pretty easy. And it's, uh, it's the only one I'm involved in, other than MHP, which I'm just kind of alert around. Yeah. yeah, I'm on one Discord group through a podcast I follow, but I'm very rarely on there. It's, um, it's nice, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I was I had high hopes for the uh, the Google Forms and that kind of got shot down. So dang it, uh, it's we'll like it, it compiles all the data for you. It does, it's, and I was showing everybody. I was like, look at all the charts and graphs and shit on here. And they're like, oh yeah. And then <laughs> I put out like one more for us to sign up for like a group trip. And like three people responded. And I was like, you motherfuckers, that took me. To yeah. Talk. Yeah. So that's how it goes, I suppose. That's very true. <laughs> well shit, I gotta get out of here. It's ten thirty and I got good. a double brew day tomorrow. So we'll uh I got work in the morning. I gotta go make people's water. Oh shit. Hey, well that's that's Admiral. People need water. So good on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging. Thanks everyone else who stuck around for this long to listen to, to Clay and I. Yeah, it's just of dog shit, yeah. <laughs> For this long but it's uh it's been fun it was a good meeting and uh any questions that people are listening to the recording uh certainly reach out let one of us know and we'll uh we'll answer them no so, ask haven don't ask me i don't know shit yeah. ask me that's fine i'll send it to someone <laughs> <else>. <laughs> all right talk to you guys later all right see you later guys